0: broccoli a lot when I was a kid. We had spinach, and I always liked spinach, and then we had other kinds of greens, and I never cared for them, Uh, and beets, and turnips.
1: Well, I like them.
0: They had to convince me that turnips were potatoes.
1: No, you you cannot convince a kid turnips are potatoes. You can't convince a grown-up turnips are potatoes.
0: Liver, and my mother was a great believer in liver and and i kept telling her that this was just no good <laughs> now i get gout and i am forbidden to eat liver it's so wonderful i'm absolutely
1: finally got something
2: it was the, the sacrifice yes
1: you finally got something matched up to what you need and want yeah unfortunately it's an extremely painful match <laughs> Unfortunately, there
0: are other things that I do like to eat that also give me gout so I don't get to eat them. Um, but I love, you know, you talk about the cars and everything. We had, uh, my father had uh, the habit of buying older cars and working on them and getting them going. And uh, we went through, a, I loved, we had several Studebakers. I thought they were great cars. Yep. I learned how to uh, change gears in a in a uh, Studebaker, and uh, it took me some time to get the get the hang of uh, stick. Sh- well, it wasn't a stick shift; it was a column shift. But you know the the manual transmission. Thing mm-hmm. going. I think maybe it wasn't all the way synchromesh. I don't know, but it was one of those old ones that. Looked the same on both ends. as pointy on both ends. The Studebaker's.
1: With the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen pictures of them, yes.
0: But those were neat cars. I liked them. And, uh... And I like the old Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. The old ones. I had two.
1: And you had two?
0: I had two. My second car was a Volkswagen Beetle. And, uh... The car I owned when I got married was another one. I had, a, I had a 61 and a 74. My first new car was a Volkswagen Beetle.
1: What happened to it? Well, I got
0: married, and it wasn't air-conditioned. And my wife, her car died, so she started driving that. And she worked the 3 to 11 shift. She's an RN. And she said she was getting sick and tired of being wilted before she got to work. Because, you know, the thing was so hot. So, uh, we traded that in on a full-size Chevy Blazer in 1977 or so. And I remember filling it up for the first time and I said, sure, gas has gone up to 49 cents a gallon. And this thing uses a lot of gas, but we're going to enjoy this.
2: <laughs> Did you ever thought you'd be paying $4 a gallon?
0: No, I actually haven't yet. But okay. I'm, uh, it hasn't gotten quite... Some grades of gas have gotten past four here. hmm and then, actually, in the last week or two, our gas has actually gotten down mm-hmm. just a smidgen. I don't know what's up with that. But
1: what is it this week? What are you paying this week?
0: Uh, I think it's it's about... Uh, I think I saw 368 is the cheapest for, for regular. Mm-hmm. I bought some mid-grade for 385 I usually use a debit card at the station that I use that with, and there's a $75 limit. So I have not gotten a full tank of gas.
1: Oh, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. it's.
1: Oh, my gosh. How many gallons does that puppy take? Oh, I
0: think, what, 27 or so? <laughs> <laughs> and it gets about.
1: How many miles a gallon do you get?
0: It gets about 16, 17 in the city.
1: This is not cost-effective.
0: No. No, but it's paid for, you know. Mm-hmm. Good. And.
2: Uh, I heard a stat this week. You th- did you know what the average person drives a day? The average term- person? Drives a day in terms of mileage.
1: Um.
2: Gee, the average person, I would say. And I think the number is low.
1: Forty miles a day.
2: Rickard, you got a guess?
1: I I think
0: it is less than 40.
2: You are Uh, are correct, it's less than 40.
0: It's uh, maybe about 27.
2: Less than 27.
1: Really? Yeah. 27. I know, I do. Uh, Oh, anywhere, so I tip the balance here.
2: They say the average person drives seven miles a day.
1: Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how they calculated that. I don't
2: know.
0: Well, are they counting, like, little kids and... <laughs> I guess so. People in prison? I guess
2: so. I mean, how could they come up with a, a number of seven miles uh, a day? I don't know.
0: Who haven't driven in 20 years? <laughs> you know, the warden won't let them
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> they have a driver's license, but... Yeah. That's really interesting. I, I would love to know how they came up with a number for that.
0: Well, I don't know. You know, statistics...
1: Okay, what is a lifetime warranty? When you buy an appliance and it has a lifetime warranty, how do you interpret that? What?
0: <laughs> you know, I've often wondered about this, you know.
1: Yeah, well, we did earlier, so I'm, I'm asking you for your opinion.
0: I'm. Is that the lifetime of the appliance?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say it's probably... Um,
0: lifetime of the outfit that sold it to you?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Is it, what is it? I
1: don't know. Oh, I don't know. I always thought it was my lifetime. If, I'm, if I am still alive and I can bring the receipt and the appliance back to the store, they have to replace it or honor the warranty.
2: Well, maybe they can
0: saying... Maybe it may- that under the criminal code of the state of a <laughs> <the laughs> lifetime
1: is 60 years. Is how many years? 60 years.
2: But they now in Los, in Los Angeles, when they're saying that somebody up to a person, you know, uh, you know, life or whatever... I think it's seven. I think in California, they say life, lifetime or seven years.
0: Seven years.
2: Yes. So how how do you get a lifetime sentence yeah. being only seven and years? We
0: have some interesting um, um, sentences, and and for a lot of our crimes, the maximum sentence is life and up to 99 years in prison or life in prison. And very often, the jury sends in a message to the judge saying, what's the difference between life and 99 years? (laughs) And the judges were never able to tell them. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Now, in Texas, you are eligible for parole after either half Are two thirds of what you're sentenced to. Now, I mean, you are eligible to try for parole. You don't necessarily get it. But anything over 60 years counts the same. So, you know, a jury, it's all all the same. Except we now have life without parole.
1: Right. But if you get get to apply for parole, if you get to ask for parole, after you've served half a sentence, how do you know where the halfway point is with a life sentence?
0: Well, because it's in Texas, it's 30 years.
1: A life sentence is 30 years?
0: No, it's 60 years, but half of that would be 30.
1: Oh, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I missed, I missed the the link here. Life
0: sentence in Texas.
1: Yeah.
0: You're eligible to try for parole after 30 years for some crimes and 40 for others.
1: Minus 20 years for good behavior.
0: Uh, yeah, you can get some good time and yada, 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 and this, that, and the other.
1: I know You sound pretty knowledgeable in this.
0: Well, I have, you know, I was a journalist, so I have been to more murder trials than I can count.
1: But not in prison?
0: And no. Okay. As, as, a, as, as a reporter. Okay. Not as a <laughs> defendant. Thank goodness. And um, I've been to one execution.
3: <gasps> oh.
0: And I've been outside of the prison at another execution. And uh, I've interviewed a few folks who are no longer with us and uh, covered trials of. I don't know, two or three dozen people that are no longer with us. Uh, comedian Ron White, Ron White, said, who's also from Texas, said that uh, some states are doing away with the death penalty. Our state is putting in a a, uh, a fast lane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, we do no longer uh, send quite as many people to death row as we used to because, for capital things now, you can get life without parole. Did
2: do they, do they used to allow reporters to interview people on death row? What's that? Would they allow reporters to interview people on death row?
0: Every Wednesday.
3: Wow. Really?
0: Yeah. Reporters go over there, show their press credentials, go in and give them a list of who you want to talk to. And if they want to talk, they come down to an area. What oh, we call it death row. It's, it's not a row. There's like, I don't know, 400, or 500 people on it. It's a, yeah. it's a whole wing of a prison.
1: The whole block. How many, what percentage of the people in death row or on death row would be willing to talk on average? Not many. 10%?
0: Twenty percent? Maybe so. Uh, the ones that I've interviewed the scariest person I ever interviewed, and he's he's been executed. I can't remember what his name was, but he poisoned his own son with a poison put poison in a pixie stick on Halloween and held the kid while he died. Wow. And uh well, he always denied that, that he did it, but mm-hmm. they had a pretty good case on him, and, uh, you know, to get insurance. And then I interviewed another guy who said that he came down because he didn't want to work that day. They, <laughs> uh, they don't anymore since we actually had uh, some folks escape from death row in Texas, and they got a little upset about that.
1: I would think. Mm-hmm.
0: I have been in a death row cell. They moved death row a few years ago, and I I uh, toured the, the new the new place before they had the prisoners in it. Uh, they're in solitary uh, cells about uh, six and a half by ten feet. It's kind of oddly shaped with, with uh, a bunk that's a stainless steel shelf with about a uh, something that's kind of like a futon mattress in it. And, uh, and a stainless steel toilet with a water fountain built into the back of it. And one little stool to sit on. And one of the fun things is that Texas prisons are not air conditioned. Uh. Well, of this model of prison, all of our newer prisons are, are based on the same design. Uh, people were dying in there. So they do, they do air condition it to 85 degrees. Okay. And it was a hotter day than that when I was in there. And if you sat very still, you could feel a little bit of You know, there's forced air that comes around, and you wouldn't sweat. But if you moved at all, you were sweating. So uh, it's not the most pleasant place in the world.
1: Well, oh, it's not supposed to be. Oh,
0: it's not supposed to be. And uh, we sure got a lot of people in
2: prison now. Yeah, I was, I was seeing the numbers in Texas and California... 175,000 one and 200,000 the other,
0: something like that. Yeah, I I don't think I'd want to be in there with those other people, Gary. Oh. Yeah. I tell you, when you go into one of those places to interview somebody, when those when those fences and doors and everything goes toomk by and you, it's it's kind of uh, spooky. It is spooky. It is very spooky. And very often there is there is a sign that says no hostages are allowed to leave this facility. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's an absolute, a few years ago at uh, what they call the Huntsville unit, it, it, for years it was called the Walls, and it's the oldest prison in the state. I mean, it's from like 1860 or something. And, uh, And and it's in the town of Huntsville, Texas, north of Houston. And uh, it's where where the executions uh, chamber is. It's not where death row is, but it's it's where they take folks to kill them. And, and, you know, other things. And and for most prisoners, it's it's where they used to let them go when they were taken out of the system. Now they do it from whatever unit they're in, but, uh, they had some really bad guys take some people prisoners, some hostage, some of the staff members, librarians, and folks like that, and they were held hostage for, I mean, they were in there for several days before, uh, there was a big shootout, and, uh, Most everybody got killed, including most of the hostages. But uh, it's just a a given that, uh, you know, that they won't release prisoners with hostages. Because if they did that, Sure. people would be doing it. Hmm. Of course. And uh, as far as I know, there's only one escapee from all of the Texas prison system who uh, is still on the loose and he's in Mexico and they can't get him. Uh, they have a remarkable record of uh, catching these folks who escape. I mean, there's a few escapes every year, but uh, you know, cause some of the units are, you know, it's not all that great hmm. a hardship to escape from and they have, you know, work details and stuff a lot of our prisons are on big, uh, sprawling properties, and they have farms, and, and they raise animals and stuff like that. So a lot of the prisoners get outside to work. They're under supervision, but they can make a getaway sometime, but not for very long.
2: What, what's a Texas Ranger? Is it really, I mean, you what... They having the mobility of working throughout the whole state.
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's a small. There's not that many of them. Hmm. Uh, now we have the what we call the Texas Department of Public Safety, and that's the the state troopers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And of course they take part in some criminal things, but. Uh, the, the rangers are, are criminal investigator types
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I swear every one of them I've ever seen looked like they were seven feet tall uh, with white hats
3: mm-hmm.
0: or light gray hats and uh, it's, it's a very elite uh, organization and you don't see too many of them usually at a time. I mean, it's not. <laughs> what was the old saying? One riot, one ranger. It's not quite that way, but uh, they'll roam across a good bit of the state as as their territory. And then, of course, if they're needed, they get them in from all over the place. Uh, but they're uh, they're pretty good, uh, and it's hard it's hard to get in on that. You know, I guess it's like becoming an FBI agent. And they do make their badges out of Mexican silver coins. Hmm. All of their badges are made out wow. of Mexican silver coins. Wow. It's just a tradition.
2: Gold or silver or whatever, huh?
0: Yeah. No, well, it's silver.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's silver. So if you ever see one, you can... Look at I think it's it was at one time the five peso piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know what the you know what kind of Mexican coins there are. You know how many of those old things there are around to right. get them made out of. But like I say, there's not. I don't know how many. It's 100, 200, maybe. It's I, I think it may be less than one per county in the state.
1: Not very big. Richard, are you in the mood for a question? Sure. Oh, by the way, our governor asked us to pray for
0: rain.
2: Yes. This weekend. I saw that. Huh? That rain. Hey, see, it works. Not, not enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a huge
0: uh, uh, wildfire going on west of uh, of uh, Fort Worth.
2: That's what I was hearing on the news. Yeah. Cubs
0: went all around it. But not over it.
2: <laughs> well,
0: it's the first time in history that all 254 Texas counties have been uh, declared in drought.
2: Are you seeing black smoke in the sky? That, there, are, they that, are they creating that much havoc?
0: No, not
2: yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow.
1: Scary stuff. Okay, are you ready?
0: I'm ready. I'll give it a shot.
1: You, you're hanging on now, right?
0: Hanging on.
1: Okay. Uh, how are you on um, Jack Webb stuff?
0: Well, a little bit.
1: Okay. Jeff Reagan investigator. It begins with My name is Jeff Reagan. I get 10 a day in expenses from a detective bureau run by a guy named Anthony J. Lyon. They call me what?
0: Reagan, but I don't
1: know. All right, I'm going to do this again. Now You have to do this with a Jack Webb voice. My name is Jeff Reagan. I get 10 a day in expenses from a detective bureau run by a guy named Anthony J. Lyon. They call me...
0: A PI?
1: No, it's, it's a nickname. All right, we're going
0: to... Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't heard that many of those.
1: It's a great show. All right, we're going to get you another one.
0: But I haven't heard that many of them.
1: Okay, who was the detective known as The Saint? What was his name? The Saint? Uh-huh.
0: Simon Templer?
1: Wow. Yes! Wow. Very good. Wow. All right. That means, that means I can send you some
4: stuff.
0: You know what, I'd, uh, there was a kid's show that you've been talking about. Big John and Sparky yeah i wonder i think maybe i'd like to get that for my uh, grandchildren
1: my grandson well i think it would be a great show it's one of those that's timeless it's like mr rogers yeah really great stuff okay big john and sparky it is
0: let me email you their address and you can send it directly to them they'll be so excited
1: okay i'd be happy to do that yeah we don't want to do anything to upset the post office, like buy extra stamps or something. You know, I mean, the way things are going, I could just send it to you and you could forward it to them. Yeah. You know, just change the address. And- A bunch
0: of stamps that had old-time television shows on it. Uh, and, then, and it looked like old TV screens and it had, you know, like Burns and Allen and... and uh, Jackie Gleason and things uh-huh. like that and I sent the last of them to send something to no one and uh, I wish I'm sure they had series on old radio shows we need to get them to do it again
2: yep there you or comedians or uh, uh-huh, there was a, a
0: set? I agree with you folks I, I would certainly watch a uh, variety show
2: yep
0: if it didn't have just noise music on it. It has
1: mm-hmm. a music. Yeah, an honest-to-goodness entertainment variety show with a little comedy, little singing.
0: Little... Yeah, and yeah. you know, plate spinners mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, 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 and a magician.
0: the reason that they don't do that is that it's expensive. You know, these shows, I'm, I'm sure even the soap operas are very expensive to produce.
2: That's why they're killing them all off because. Yeah. So talk, talk to Don
0: they pass that off and they get some, you know, thing of two people talking and acting stupid. And.
2: Uh, yeah, stupid is cheap.
0: You know, or <laughs> I think even the game shows are cheaper.
3: Mhm.
0: And uh, you know, it, it just it's it's cheaper. It 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 makes takes less money. My well, wife so. loves to watch all of these cop shows. Well, <laughs> some of them are, are very cleverly written, but I tire of them because after a while, one kind of looks like the other. And uh, also, it, it's it's not police work like I've seen police work, done because, you know, they can look at 5,000 security camera someplace and then see somebody in a car, and all like that. Get DNA results in two seconds as opposed to six weeks. And, uh, actually, I think Dragnet was closer to the real way cops really work that I've ever seen.
1: Sure, Well he based it on real life stuff. Okay, I'm going to cut you off here. I'm going to send Big John and Sparky, but you got to get me an address, and I'd be happy to do that.
0: I will email it to you, dear, and uh, those kids will be just so excited.
1: That is so cool. That's really nice of you to do that. I'll let you know when I send them out.
0: Well, I'm somewhat fond of these kids.
1: <laughs> just a little bit. Enough to give them a show?
0: A little bit. A little bit. Bye-bye. Y'all do great work,
2: and I told Bill that. Oh, good. Oh, you're so good, to oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Richard. How about that? We got a pat on the back. This is good stuff. We're special. That's adorable. I'm lovable. We oh, love your because car. you're so lovable. Thank you're adorable. 714-545-2071, our number.
1: And I have something to give away. Food? No. no. It's a website.
3: Uh,
2: for shows. A website for shows. Hello there. You want something to put in your pocket and take home?
5: I want something
2: to put in my pocket. There you go. Patricia give giving something away. How are you doing?
5: Good. Hey, Walden. How are you doing, this Bob?
2: Hey, Bob. Oh, hi, Bob. Awake.
1: Good to hear from you. We were really concerned about you guys. You guys. Yeah. Well,
5: you know, it was uh, it was kind of kind of uh, it's been a weird year for tornadoes, at least in Missouri. We moved here in '83, and every year there's storm warnings, and every year there's hurricane warnings. I mean, hurry Listen to me. It's late. Uh, tornado warnings. But uh, I don't remember in all the years we've been here having any actual destruction within the Greater St. Louis area. And this year we've had three different occasions where we've had strikes. And this one yesterday, not only did it do that damage to the airport, it knocked down about a hundred homes.
3: I saw
1: some pictures. It was—it's it, really heartbreaking. Uh, and I'm
5: pretty familiar with that area over there. Yeah. I mean, naturally, I'm familiar with the airport, but, but the neighborhood around the airport, uh, yeah. And it just uh, the particular storm last night went probably five or six miles south of us. Now we got the hail and heavy, heavy rain. Mm, that's spooky. We didn't get a lot of uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, wind, but we did get that green sky.
1: Ooh, mm-hmm. scary stuff.
5: Hang on, I'm getting a low battery designation. Let me plug in here. If you know, I lose you for any reason, I'll call you right back.
2: Okay, because, you know, unusual, Dwayne always tells me, because living in Texas, they get, they're in tornado alley, mm-hmm. and they always think it's going to come near the airport, but it bypasses, and it's there yet, the heat in Texas is so hot, when it gets to all that cement we're in an airport, it changes direction to some of those tornadoes, so you can always bypass ah. it.
1: Now, see, I never would have considered that. I would have thought the path of least resistance, so it would bowling alley through the flat uh, and, and tarmac, you know, I mean, the mm-hmm. absolute flat, flat stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. But huh. that, that is the
2: theory why a lot of the tornadoes in Texas always seem to bypass certain airports and things. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
5: Huh. Well, you know, the same here, basically. It is? But then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. hmm yeah. I remember one time uh, leaving on a flight out of St. Louis and we had just pulled away from the gate and had actually taxied like we were number two for takeoff and all of a sudden the pilot said there's a really strong storm cell coming in and we're going to go back and sit on the tarmac to wait it out because they don't want us taking off because there's reported downdrafts. So w- w- what do they call those? Uh, Wind shear. Wind shear shear, yes, thank you. And so we went and sat for about a half an hour, and I mean that plane was really buffeted. It was, and I mean, we're sitting on the tarmac, but it wasn't, there wasn't an actual tornado. Or if there was, it never came down out of the clouds, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's pretty scary stuff.
1: Very scary stuff. I'm just so glad that you're okay. Oh, yeah.
5: Yeah, we're fine. It's funny. I was recording my show at the time, so I made a lot of comments. And <laughs> I said, whoa, folks. <laughs> I said, I'm headed down to the basement right now. The sirens are going off here. But, but I wasn't, uh, you know, we're kind of used to that. But this year, all of a sudden, and you know, the really strange thing is we had uh, one hit on New Year's Day, which is almost unheard of. Uh, and it wiped out, like, 10 or 11 houses in, a, in an area not far from where we used to live. And they were nice homes, and, and it was, yeah, that very strange. Immediate. Bob,
1: why would it be unheard of? Was it the time of year?
5: Yeah, usually it's springtime.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
5: Yeah, usually what causes tornadoes is if you have a warm front hitting a cold front. Right. And during January 1st, you don't usually have any warm fronts. Uh, you know, or if you do, at least we don't hear. Now, I mean, you might in Florida.
1: Yeah, well, you get two weather systems All colliding up. with each other. Yeah. As long as they collide with each other, they'll make they'll make a, a lot of happy time with each other. Okay. But, but anyway. well, anyway, I'm glad you're okay.
5: Yep, okay, and you guys are good.
2: Yep, yep.
5: Good. I was already a, trying to go to sleep. We had. One of the consequences we had of this whole thing is we had a bunch of water come in our basement. And, I mean, we really almost had some flash floods around here. We, I wish we would have taken some pictures. We, we looked out on our road, and it was under about an inch, and our road is on a hill, so it was rushing down, but it was like an inch of muddy water. And,
3: oh.
5: And it was, I mean, it really rained yesterday. It really, really rained for a good part of the day. So we had a lot of that sort of thing. So today I've been, we've been down there all day moving furniture, and because we had carpeting down there. And um, so as a result, I am really sore. and I couldn't sleep. I, I just was so, you know, the muscles were so sore and whatnot and moving stuff. So I thought, well, this is Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Five. Two in the morning. That's a good thing,
2: <laughs>
5: because Walden and Patricia are on uh-huh. the air.
2: I wonder why. I wonder who else would be on there at uh, two in the morning besides no, us.
5: I don't know. I, well, actually, I think this is what I can actually get when radio was on uh, on KMOX. Oh yeah, powerful station. That is
2: midnight. Yeah. Powerful station out I there was, in St. Louis. Just
5: opening my emails when I came down, and Jerry Hindygin sent me a most interesting email that everybody I know would love to see. <laughs> he had, no, I'm serious. Yeah. He, I mean, well, he, uh, he gave me a. Uh, link to one of his websites now all of a sudden I closed it it's, it's, I'll be here but um, he had started taking um, scanning his collection of transcription discs yep and he's putting them on his website and it is fascinating he has got maybe two or three hundred on here now and he said he's going to be put yeah he, he really said some nice things about uh, about you and your family wallhuh yeah. yeah, he said he said his wife and your mom are great friends
2: and really get along well. <laughs> well, we went over yesterday, see Jerry. And we dropped him off a box of sea candy. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. But no, um, anyway,
5: this is this is Jerry's and then it's slash TDL. Um, I guess that would be hyphen right zero zero one. So it's uh, jerrysoldtimeradio.com slash TTL hyphen 001. And if anybody goes on there, they're just going to be fascinated.
2: He's, he's, he's also going to scan Frank Brzee's transcription collection into this, too. So you get to see the looking fun covers of that, and then Kent Waldo's and Jerry's and other people that he has access to.
5: So Janet Waldo kept a large uh, collection uh-huh. of transcriptions, too? No yeah, thing.
2: yeah. Because her husband... that she was on, or is it well, uh, just... Well, her husband only created three radio series. So she has all those deaths and the stuff that she did, of course. Wow. So... So yeah. she, she's trusting Walden to do good by her. So... Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So... Yeah, poor he... Jerry, poor Jerry, as, as Elaine said, he stays up till quarter to three in the morning, and he gets up at 9.30, and guess what he's doing all day long? Yeah. Yeah, transferring and then besides all the, uh...
5: Well, it always amazes me. Sometimes I will, uh, do, I usually do my show for him on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And then I upload it onto his server. So I don't have to mail anything or anything. And a lot of times I, you know, I'm, I'm the great procrastinator. Yeah. So sometimes I don't get it done till midnight or even one in the morning. So I'll send him an email saying, okay, it's uploading now. And uh, maybe I'll go out in the kitchen and do some things, and on my way to bed, I'll come to make sure it's still uploading. And I've already gotten an email back from him saying, you know, hey, Bob, thanks a lot, or, or you know, yeah. there's some problem here or something. And it just amazes me that he's doing that.
2: And plus, he is it's, also, for more people, man, he's also the president of Meals on Wheels out here in, in the uh, LA area. So he, Oh, he, he's just too good to be true. Yeah, he is a... <laughs> There's a lot of good people in this hobby. Yeah,
5: that meals on wheels. Yeah, I can read that's that's a very uh
2: Wolfgang uh, thing.
5: In California a lot of people were on that. I remember that.
2: Yeah. For those who may those who may or may not know it's it's a help, it's a way to feed seniors that don't have the mobility to get out of their house. Right. And people like Jerry and others will come to the house to deliver them a hot meal. <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's, I think that's a I, I, universal system,
2: eight, on the right? Coast. Yeah, Patricia's point is probably now national. It uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, wow. good thing.
1: Very good it's, thing. That's and it's not only seniors. People who have trouble getting out. People who are disabled. Um, there are people who have no transportation. No. Um, it's they pay for it. It's not you know a, a free distribution, mm-hmm. but. The meals are nutritious they're balanced they're ultra reasonably priced so it's you know it's great for people who are not yeah. are not yeah, able so that
5: all of them do pay for it do they Walden?
2: i don't know probably some it probably probably different rules probably apply to certain people yeah you know i imagine a lot of it is subsidized
1: oh i would think so yeah yeah
2: yeah. Just warning everybody, if you need to help out anybody in the next couple of months, the food banks around the country are a little low. So if you got some extra food in your pantry, uh, help out your, your local food bank. They are running a little low in supplies every uh, time.
1: One of the really nice things in the public areas, and even in doctor's offices, They'll post to people who are leaving for the summer. Mm -hmm. This is a time when the mass exit is. uh, Easter Sunday is usually the the line of demarcation. So people who have summer homes and winter homes will be leaving sometime this month, within the next couple of weeks. And there are big posters and signs all over the place saying, when you clean out your cabinets, remember the food banks. Mm -hmm. Oh. And that's
2: really cool. That's a good thing.
1: A lot of the, a lot of places. I don't know if they've they've done it at the post office, but in doctors' offices and other public places, they'll say, make this your last stop before you leave, and drop off your canned goods and other non-perishables that we can distribute. And the libraries and the other places will make sure it gets to the food banks.
5: Well, let me ask you this. Now, the people in Florida that do this, they they leave during the summer, correct?
1: They leave for the summer. Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. Now, are those people, are they mostly like the winter birds that come down there just for the winter?
1: Uh-huh, the snowbirds. Or,
5: or is their principal home in Florida and they just, they don't want to be there when it's too hot?
1: Well, it, it's an interesting question because we have a Homestead Act here. So if you're in your home for six months and one day, you get to deduct from the assessed value of, you know, the taxable assessed value of your home. And so, people who have a home here and a home up north are always here, a minimum of six months and one day. What is is the
5: advantage now? They get to deduct what?
1: It's called a Homestead Act, and if they declare residency, it has to be for a minimum of six months and one day is considered full-time residency and full time homeowners have get to deduct twenty five thousand dollars from their assessed tax valuation.
3: Oh yes, yes. Paying
1: taxes on twenty five thousand dollars less than they would if they were part time residents. So these right. are people who have homes in both places. They don't want to be cold in the winter and they don't want to be ultra hot in the summer, so they swap back and forth.
5: Okay. And uh, you know another nice thing that Florida does, I think. I, I guess it depends on your point of view. <laughs> but, but but no, they they protect your home against creditors. Yes,
3: your, that is your
5: home, your home is exempt. In other words, if somebody has a judgment on you, they can't go after your home if it's your principal place of residence. Is, that is I write on that
3: for bankruptcies
1: as well.
5: Yeah, and on uh, like in Missouri, we've had an awful lot of people that, you know, have had liens put on their homes, and I don't know that there's been any forced sales. I'm not sure they can do that legally. But still, I mean, I, come on, you know, it's, people are in hard times, and I understand that, you know, if you have a debt, you should pay it, and, and people try to do that. But when you have these some of these companies that just are going to play hardball, and, you know, they say, well, you're a homeowner, we'll just go after your home. You know, and it just—it's always kind of bothered me. I, I never—I didn't always feel that way, but but when things have gotten so hard for so many people,
1: well, the you know, practicality of it is, if you're out on the street and you don't have a job and you don't have a home, you're not in very much of a position to pay money back.
5: No, no, and that's just it. So there's
1: there's some common sense that has to come into play. So I well, understand what you're saying. It's not an opportunity to walk away from a debt, but there has to be some common sense and consideration when you well, start. When you
5: have people that have been working at a place like General Motors and making good money for 20 years, and boom, they close the plant.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, so it's kind of tough. You don't you don't anticipate that. Right. And. Um, but, but anyway, I was gonna say the,
3: uh,
5: the the part that's bad about it is, is that they can get a judgment and have the, you know, they can put a lien on your home and have the interest running at their ridiculous judgment rate.
1: Sure. I mean,
5: you know, at, at, at 29% or something, which uh-huh. means that the amount of that judgment is going to double every three years.
1: Uh-huh. And the, the question becomes, what part of, I don't have any money, don't you understand?
5: Well, except they're saying you do have an asset. And all I'm saying is it just seems to me that there ought to be something sacred about your home.
3: Yeah, well, there is.
5: Yeah, well, there is in Florida. There's not in Missouri in many states. There's not.
1: No, no, agreed.
5: Yeah, and that's that's kind of, and, you know, I don't know, Missouri's a little bit of a... Uh, I, I, well, I, I like Missouri, it's nice, but it's a little backward when it comes to some of those things,
1: so. Yeah, every place has some challenges.
5: Yeah, yeah.
1: Nothing perfect. Well, I'm very happy that you are in one piece, that your home is safe, that Carol is safe, that...
5: Yeah, everybody's fine. Everybody's
1: Everybody. Fine. You, want a, you want a question?
0: No, it's too late. <laughs> it's <much> too late.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're,
0: excused would, and, you
1: you're excused from school and homework tonight.
5: Okay. Well, I thank you very much, and you guys have a pleasant evening, and how much longer are you going to be on? Now, I've I've never listened to you this late before.
1: We're usually here at least until 5, and sometimes quite a bit later. So, 5 o'clock Eastern, that would be 4 o'clock your time, usually. Between 4 and 5, your time.
5: Oh, so you've only got about an hour left.
1: Well, this is your time. Well, Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, then, see what you made me do?
5: See, it's a quarter to four where you are, right? Yes, it is. how about that?
1: Well, see, he made me start late, and it's his fault, and people are going to blame me, and it's not my fault. Yeah, okay. We didn't start until 1230, and it's not my fault.
5: Oh, was it that late when you got started tonight? Yeah.
1: It's all Walden's fault.
5: It's all Walden's fault. Well, a lot of things are Walden's fault.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. But he's well, we that
5: very convenient whenever, especially in the chat room, I'll just say, well, it's Walden's fault.
2: No, you're nice.
1: <laughs> or, or you say, stop talking about Patricia. It's her fault anyway.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's my favorite thing when Patricia comes in the chat room. I'll say,
1: hush, hush, here she is. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, no more talk about Patricia.
1: Uh-huh. Right,
5: right. All right, we'll see you guys later. Take well, care. I'll
2: Thanks like
1: for calling in, Bob. <laughs> you have a good day tomorrow and happy Easter. Thank you. Okay, Happy. <laughs>
5: bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. 545
1: right, now, this is really important. I've made this my mission. We have free ice cream tonight. That's three weeks in a row. I what? know, it's my mission. I was. I spent some time looking for free ice cream this week. Baskin Robbins. Ah. Baskin-Robbins. Everybody loves Baskin-Robbins, and it's got two B's in it. Baskin-Robbins, R-O-B-B-I-N-S Mm dot com. If you go to the website and tell them when your birthday is, it's another birthday one, you can only have one birthday, they will send you an email five days before your birthday with a gift certificate to come have free ice cream. On your birthday.
3: Very
2: nice. Is that cool? Very nice.
1: You know that is really a good shtick.
2: It's good stuff.
1: It's 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 nice for customers. It's a a really outstanding marketing strategy for the company. But for you know it's it's just really nice that.
2: I'm, I think Denise gives away a meal. Okay. have free, a free meal in the house. Wow,
1: we don't have a Red Robin here.
2: Ah, uh, but I know you have a Denny's.
1: We have a Denny's here,
2: uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So maybe you want to check that out.
1: I'm, I want to check out Waffle House,
2: too. Oh, I love Waffle House. I like get with my
1: eggs at Waffle House.
2: Hash browns. We don't have Waffle Houses out here, but I've had them Well, in you pe- said that. We have in Can- Texas, yeah.
1: Whoops. I'm, I'm dropping my phone here. If I disappear, it's because I disconnected you.
3: <laughs>
1: I mean, I'll be back. You don't have to recall me. I just yeah. my phone and I are not one and the same. Good thing. I get, um, good at, uh, but I looked up Waffle House for you one night, mm-hmm. and I believe I found a couple in some really odd places in <laughs> California, but they certainly weren't near you. Hmm. And They're usually on interstates. Are you close to an
2: interstate? What's that? What, what is it? Uh, what's an interstate? An interst- interstate highway. It's a little bit of a drive to get to one. You, oh, when you said, what's that? Yeah, I was just oh. being for Jesus, yeah.
1: Oh. I'm sorry, it went right over my head. No, I sort of... Oh, it's okay, I know. I guess the I-5
2: is probably the closest one, because it goes up and down the state. So, that's a little bit to get over there.
1: It would be a little bit to get over there. So, mm-hmm. if you've got any out there, they would be attached to an interstate exit.
2: With well, an, I like the hash browns. Yeah. That's very good.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, waffles. hash browns
2: are so good. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, it, this is something that's on on the heart healthy diet list. What that? It, it's the the heart healthy diet is one instruction. Don't eat. If it tastes good, spit it out. <laughs> that is the heart healthy diet. So hash browns are on the heart healthy diet. But spit it, them out.
2: You know, um, I tell you. Uh, I, you know, I think they're so used to, it their own lingo when you go to order. uh uh-huh. Because I didn't speak in their lingo, they, the poor waitress didn't know what I said Just give me the works, Or, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, you know they, they're so used to doing their own lingo for, I, I forget exactly how you smothered and covered I don't know, Oh, oh, you
1: know, Adam and Eve on a raft.
2: Or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I was just using a term that we use in California. The poor waitress had no idea what I was talking about.
1: Well, that's her problem. <laughs> Did you get what you wanted
2: after all? Well, once, I, once we interpret, one, once I could interpret California, when you go to Texas, when you go, you bet. California and Texas. Well,
1: yeah, I could understand that. Mm-hmm. I, Yeah. When I say I could understand that, I understand that you speak
2: two different languages. I don't know how. We California are pretty pretty standard. Well,
1: you're cosmopolitan, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily work in reverse.
6: That's true.
1: I have a brain teaser. You think my brain can handle the tease? Uh, I certainly hope so. Ah. I certainly hope so. I got the answer right away, so I expect you to get it right away. So, if I don't, I'm in trouble? No, you're no. just going to have to sit in the corner and get
2: it. I'm just goofy okay, this way. Here
1: yeah. we go. John's mother
2: has four children. John's mother?
1: John's mother has four children. Mm-hmm. She named the first one April, the second one May, the third one June. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the fourth one?
2: Well, would it be July? You say John's mother not Joan's mother's, huh? John's mother, right. John's mother's. Have four children. He named them April, May, June.
1: Maybe somebody could call in and give you a hand on that one. 714 545 Two oh seven one help Walden. Not a hand. They have to. They have to help your brain. Because you're gonna go.
2: A M J. No.
1: You're gonna go. Let's
2: see. You have thirty days here, thirty one days there, thirty days there. Can you read it to me one more time? Sure.
1: John's mother has four children. The first one she named April. The second May. And the third child is June. What's the name of the fourth child?
2: She doesn't know.
1: Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> She's the mother. Of course she knows.
2: I have no idea. Somebody out there, can you help Walden out? 714
6: 545
1: 2071. We'd like to know. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. All right. April 22nd, we'll go through the list here. April 22nd, of course, was Earth Day. In 1932, it was the first Fred Allen show. Ah. How about that?
3: April 22nd, 1932.
1: And in 1941, this is really important, Mm -hmm. 1941, April 22nd,
2: 1941, Mm -hmm. Dumbo was born. Ah. The Ellison? Yes,
1: it was released on April twenty second, nineteen forty one. Nice. It's so cute.
2: Very nice.
1: Here's here's a tickler for Walden's brain. Mm-hmm. This one just blew me away. What year within fifty years on either side? What year was the Library of Congress established?
3: Uh 17,
2: Seventeen eighty.
1: You're within fifty years. It oh.
2: was 1,800, that's... 1,800, that's talk, talk, talk. Who are we talking to? Hello so there, you're on the
7: air, can you help Hello. me out? I was just sitting here working in the studio and heard your question.
2: Yes. And the answer is... Bum, bada, bum, bum. John.
1: Yes! <laughs> John's mother had four children, Walden.
2: Yeah. April,
3: May... Oh! June. Oh,
2: oh! See, you know how I was interpreting that? The, the person, John's mother. I was thinking that was a mother's name. I didn't think about John's mother. John's mother. Okay. Four That's, children. Oh, geez. He was the fourth. Okay. That's pretty he good. He had three
1: sisters. Very good, Nolan. Wow.
7: Ready when you are on uh, Super McGee. <laughs>
1: Take your time. Okay. Are you going to be there for a while? Sure. we will oh,
7: right yeah.
1: here. We just have a few other things that we're going to roll over the world. Wonderful. All right.
2: Thanks, no one. I just couldn't resist.
1: That's Uh, good. Walden is very happy you helped him. See you soon.
2: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. See, Patricia knows her stuff. She knows what I don't know. No, no,
1: no. I only, I try to play fair. I only ask you stuff that I know, except when it comes to the really hurdy stump Walden question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't necessarily know that. But, I've got some base, oh, well, I'll give you some extra stuff here. The Library of Congress, we left off at that. Mm -hmm. It was started in 1800 with a $5,000 allocation.
2: I think they've done okay.
1: I mean, this is 211 years ago the Library of Congress
2: started. This is mind-boggling. I remember reading years ago, they have so much, no, not the Smithsonian Institute, has so much stuff. Uh... They have like three, you know, three months worth of inventory. You know, get the rotate it in and out. And I'm asking the Library of Congress is the same thing.
1: Library of Congress is so far behind on logging stuff in. It's just, uh, it it's just it blows me away. Can
2: you imagine a copyright backlog?
1: That's the backlog. Yeah.
3: yeah. And yeah. they
1: they were backlogged. The last time I looked, they were still backlogged eighteen months because they were getting computerized. <laughs> now, if you wouldn't mind. I mean, this is for a couple of years now. It was like two and a half years. They were 18 months behind because they were moving into a computer system. Now, I don't care how you cut it. That doesn't make any sense.
2: They must have one world of computer database that got to hire millions of dollars of programmers to get that up and running.
1: Well, it seems to me if they could keep up with it without computers and they're 18 months behind with computers, something is either wrong with the system or we need to take another look at what the computers aren't doing.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Does that make sense?
2: It sure does. I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. I know the process, because I've been working on the U.S. patents, you know, help mm-hmm. working that out for a friend. Uh, the process of just going through the patents and getting approval to the beginning to the end, guess how long it takes.
1: Oh, gosh, I wouldn't even guess. How long is it taking it, you?
2: It's over 18. It's over an 18-month process. Oh,
1: look Lordy,
2: yeah. Lordy, Lordy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess that's why they need—they—they they allow time for them to walk through all the process, 'cause they probably got so much backlog.
1: Wow. I mean, like, wow.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, you—you'd you'd win the prize. I have to send you a prize. I still have to send you Harry Lime. So that'll be your prize because <laughs> you got it within 50 years. I never would have, I would have said maybe 1850.
2: Yeah, I know it was pretty early in the government history. I think it was the Thomas Jefferson uh, thing. I think he really was the one that pushed for it. Who did, who pushed for it? I Thomas. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson.
1: Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I, I, think, yeah, I, I
2: think, think he, he pushed it. for it.
1: Either that or, or um. Benjamin. Franklin, Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. You know what's sad to think about Jefferson? You know, he was pretty much totally broke. Um, like his, his home wound up, his library wound up going, his book library wound up going to help fund the university, University of Virginia Library. He died pretty much broke.
1: Doesn't surprise
3: me. Yeah.
1: Anybody whose name was in the early government was, it, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. There was nobody who got out of, of signing the Declaration of Independence with any kind of wealth, family, good fortune. It it just, things just came apart for them. And it was because they put their lives on the line.
2: Speaking of guys who didn't make any money after living in the White House, I I thought it was fascinating reading that Harry Truman, after he left the White House, paid for his own stamp when people wrote to him. Mm -hmm. That's an honorable guy there.
1: I know. Yeah. Uh, the, the longer we go, the more I like Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was April 24th in 1800, the Library of Congress. Very 149 good. 149 years later, what happened on radio? Well, that's a terrible question. A lot happened
2: It would be, on na- be
1: 1949.
2: 1949, Richard Diamond started. Ah, great show. I Yeah. Like
1: Richard so Diamond. we had, to, um, let's see what we did here. Okay, so in 32, we had Fred Allen, Mm -hmm. and in 49, we had Richard Diamond, and in 55, we had X minus 1.
2: A good day, a good triple play.
1: It was a triple play. Mm -hmm. And then in 1969, this is on April 24th, Mm -hmm. 1969, Paul McCartney said, there is no truth that he died.
2: He's still around.
1: There were rumors that he was dead on that day in history, and he appeared and said, No, there is no truth to the rumors (laughs) that I'm dead. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I I, I got a baseball question for you.
2: Me?
1: You want a baseball question, or do you want your Stump Walden question?
2: I'll take the baseball question.
1: I knew you would. I have faith. I've got two baseball
3: questions for you.
1: All right. All right. Give me something close to the first opening day night game that played Under the Lights.
3: Uh,
2: it was played, um, opening day night game, 1938. This is opening day? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: This is not the first time Under the Lights. Okay. First opening day Under the Lights. Hmm. That was April 18, 1950.
2: For the, the, first, first.
1: the first major league game under lights was um, in 1935.
2: 35, wow. I never knew that. Interesting.
1: I know, you know, Interesting. I kept looking at these and I was saying, but that's not what this said, but that's not mm-hmm. what that said. Mm-hmm. What they've got here, <clears throat> they've got in 1880, September 2nd, 1880... Mm-hmm. There were two teams representing Boston's prominent department stores, Jordan Marsh and Company and R.H. White and Company, and they played the game of baseball in Nantasic Bay, <clears throat> excuse me, in Hull, Massachusetts, and it was under the lights. It was the first game in history that was played under the lights. Wow. 1880. Isn't that amazing? Wow. They probably blew themselves up. And then on May 24th, the first night game in Major League. Okay. And on April 24th, we're back to April 24th, Hank Aaron hit his first home run in history.
2: Hammering Hank.
1: Hammering Hank,
2: yeah. That's yes! right.
1: Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I have a second baseball
2: question. For all right. Wait. All right, got? this is good.
1: This is good. I know you're going to do this one. That one, the, the other one was really sticky because there were lights all over the place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who was baseball's first rookie of the year?
2: Uh, I would say it was Don Newcomb for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Right team. Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, Joe Black? Right team. Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, I think it was Don. He was a picture. Um well, was it Jackie Robinson?
1: It was Jackie Robinson. It like was Jackie. In 1947, wow. and 40 years later, which would make it 1997, it was officially renamed the Jackie Robinson Award.
2: Very good thing. Yes. Well, you know, a lot of people who are very big his- historians, mm-hmm. I mean U.S. history historians, really think breaking breaking the color barrier in baseball with Jackie Robinson helped uh, set us up for the 1954, um, the school, the Brown Act, uh, Brown versus, uh, the Board of Education. Mm-hmm. They thought that really, because they really thought to help implement, uh, people's yes. feelings from baseball into other, life, other parts of our life.
1: Able to translate it into other areas mm-hmm. of life. Well, that makes a whole lot of sense. I never thought of it in those terms yeah. before. Just a, just a thought. Yeah. Might be true. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Well, are you ready? I have two Stump Walden questions.
2: You had to double up?
1: Well, no. I've, I had one left over from last week. We didn't get to <laughs> that last week. And I went and I found one for you today, and I got to the bottom of my notes to make sure that I didn't miss too much. And there was this Stump Walden question. So I'll only ask you one.
2: No, and I want to double. Di- I want to double dip because I I want you to have something to do for next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're brutal. <laughs> okay, here's the first one. The characters Jake, Sammy, and Rosalie were members of the family in which old-time radio
2: show? The, the Goldbergs. Walden. Yes, my dear.
1: That's correct. Silly <laughs> <coughs> <Really> me. <laughs> All right, so now you're going to, now this one is really a stump-walled question. All right? Which show were C.B. Harrell and W.H. Parker associated with and in what capacity?
2: I think that was Snow Valley Sketches. And they were the two New Englanders in that show. No, but that's the, you know, you come up with the darndest
1: things. No, that is not correct, and mm. this is a very hard one.
2: It is, uh, well, uh, my first guess was the, uh, the airplane show from the 30s, Howie Wing, but that didn't sound right. No. Well, let's see, Parker, there was a comedy team, Parker and something. Oh, Her- Her- Parker? W.H.
1: Parker, forget the other one. I'll, I'll give you just W.H. Parker.
2: Oh, uh, the commissioner on uh, Gamebuster? No. Okay. About bet well, there was a Parker in uh, in L.A., so it's probably it probably did net. Yes, it is. Yeah.
6: W.H. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Parker. Yeah. And uh, the C.B. Horrell was the one who was chief when Joe, um, when Jack Webb was trying to sell them on the idea of having a, a realistic
3: uh, wanted, yeah.
1: and Horrell was just, you know, he was the one who dug in his heels and said see the door
3: <laughs> that's got your
1: name on it, and he, he really, Jack Webb really had to work very hard, um, and even though he was a thorn and didn't want to have anything to do with this show and wound up having to do with it anyway, they did, give, they did give him credit at the end, and then of course at the end of every show after Parker got in, yeah, he, Parker. they would give him credit.
2: I remember when uh, Darryl Gates' biography, he gave a lot of credit. I guess Parker was a strong Chief of Police in L.A., then he died very suddenly of a heart attack. Oh, I didn't know that. That's when when Chief Gates took took over the uh, L.A. Police Uh, Department in the 60s. And Gates
1: had a very long career out there. Yeah, he did. And was in uh, public eye for a long time. I mean, even I know his name. So, this is... So, anyway, you did really well. I just never would have thought you'd pull that bunny out of your hat.
2: Well, you help. You help me.
1: No, I just said we'll stick with one of them. I mean, um, who, who in heaven's name knew the guy who didn't want the show? <laughs> 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 I mean, his, his name was mentioned at the end of every show bum, while he bum, was
3: there, bum,
2: bum, bum.
1: but he did not have the amount of time that.
2: I sure I wasn't to the, you know, that the, the Carl Club tonight. That's what they featured it. Was on Joe. Right. Um, it was a. net
1: It was a. a Dreadnet.
2: Dreadnet stuff.
1: Very cool.
2: Yeah. Very
1: cool. Well, Walden got his baseball questions. And he got Hank Aaron got, got. that right? All of this. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So we did our free ice cream.
2: Yes. So
1: I'm going to give free downloads of radio shows. Oh, you
2: were going to give our website before we got a call from no one. This is it. Yes.
1: Well, Baskin Robbins website is for your free ice cream <laughs> birthday ice cream. And at old timers. I'm sorry. Oldtimeradiofans.com. Oldtimeradiofans.com will bring you to a site where you can download a whole bunch of really neat shows. Great hey, for
2: us. All right. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Seven one four. Your turn.
2: Five four five.
1: Two zero seven one. Oh, we're That's good night. Or. Else, I'm going to bore you to tears with what was listed in Time.com as the weirdest ways to cash in reward points from your credit cards.
2: Ah, hey, don't forget, you can always send Patricia an email at FloridaWriter.com. If you want to have something to send her away throughout the week, that's the thing to do. And you can send to Walden... Yeah. at
1: Walden Hughes at YesterdayUSA.com.
2: There That's about as
1: easy as you can get.
2: Yeah, pretty good stuff.
1: This is good stuff. Okay, so I pulled out, they, they listed 11 weird ways to cash in reward points. They actually found people who did this. These are real honest-to-goodness things that people have done with the points that they accumulated with their credit card companies. You know, They, they tell you, okay, you've got X number of dollars worth of
3: cash points, and you can go do this.
1: And some people cash them in for frequent flyer miles types, Mm -hmm. cashing in. Other people get really creative. One guy used (laughs) 702,600 points to buy an opportunity to go up on a Boeing 727 and be tossed around in the cabin at zero gravity. It it was like an astronaut experience. Now, it only cost him, on his credit cards, he had to use $702,000 worth of charges in order to get this, which he could have bought for $5,000. But he thought that was a pretty cool way of using up his points, so that's how he did it. (laughs) That's pretty good. That was Wells Fargo.
2: Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was
1: Wells Fargo. Now, Mm -hmm. the Citibank, some guy who cashed in 385,000 points, which means he had to spend $385,000, bought four days at a rock band camp.
2: Hmm. Okay, I hope he and has a help, right? those
1: who attend the camp will work with real live rock stars, which is interesting because there's no such thing as real dead rock stars that you can work with. <laughs> they have to be alive and i mean they can be dead but you can't work with them so it says customers who attend the camp will work with real live rock stars including sammy hager i don't think they spelled this right phil collins it's got to be phil collins not phil collin dave navarro chad smith and the red hot chili peppers
2: well they can I too.
1: so you, you only have to spend Three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars to get there for free. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you would have had to pay for it up front.
2: Three hundred eighty-five thousand.
1: Three thousand dollars. It would have cost three thousand dollars if you paid for it out of pocket. Okay. But it only cost you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: only had to buy three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars worth of stuff in order to get enough points to do this. Okay. Another Citibank. Somebody went and had dental work done. Citibank has some kind of a program where they will pay part of your dental bill if you accumulate points. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That helps. All right, somebody went to be a fighter pilot for a day. Oh. 194,200 points. Got him a day of training as a fighter pilot. Now, this was Wells Fargo again. Now, the question, because he would have to pay $1,395 for this, so you know, spending $194,000 on your credit card to buy something that's worth $1,300. Mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, if you were buying a house, it would be cool. Sure. put your house on your credit card and go out and learn how to fly a fighter plane. Now, the question in my mind,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: we're, we're talking about a fighter pilot here. Where did the instructor come from?
2: Well, my thinking is, here in Los Angeles, there are simulator people that can go up and fly, but they can get on, you know... World War One Planes, <laughs> or whatever, you know, would not be a current one, but I don't sounds, really
1: know. It sounds like they were, I mean, they had this guy dressed up in, in honest-to-goodness stuff. Hello there.
6: Would you give me that website again?
1: Sure. Oh, sure. Hold on. It is Old Time Radio Fans.
6: With the S. With an S. com. Dot com. Fans.com. And um, how did you find it?
1: Oh, I've, I go cruising around and I come across these goodies.
6: Now, now well, then how can these people afford to give you a free download and all that kind of stuff?
2: Because people are generous and they just want to help out.
6: Yes.
1: Most of these places have a link with, uh, uh, for PayPal contributions. And they'll just say, if you can do it, we'd really appreciate it. And I guess enough people do that uh, it helps with the
6: bandwidth.
2: Or if they sell advertising on the website, uh-huh. and so many people click on it, they they get paid by the advertisers. Yeah.
6: And then, um, Patricia, usually um, when you download these shows, they tell you that it's good for one mp3 CD, or for, you know what I mean? Like, would they all fit on one CD, or?
1: It depends on how big the files are you get a particular number of bytes. Uh, That's the unit of measurement on a CD. You get a particular number of bytes on a CD. It's about 700? Yeah. 100, no. Is that right, 700 megabytes? Okay, it's 700 megabytes. And when you go to download a show, it will tell you how many megabytes are in that show So, you can download one that may have 5 megabytes, another one might have 15 megabytes, and another one might have only 2. So, depending on the size, that's how many will fit on your CD.
6: Now, you were telling me, you know, on the the Rambi um, uh, show Uh that you had trouble with your CD burner. And what was that? You had to use uh, um, two different CD burners to get the. The six shows on or what
1: was I No, think, I think I have a problem with one of the burners on one of the computers because when I went to the other computer and used the external CD burner, it worked fine. All, all six of them copied. It was just with, with the, the uh, laptop computer I was having trouble and I realized it when I put yours aside and went to burn something else and it spit out the, the CD and said it wasn't They weren't able to verify it. So on the other, so apparently the files were okay. It was my computer that was causing the fuss.
6: You know how rude that when your computer starts spitting, you know what
1: I mean? I know, I mean, it just, right out.
6: That's very sanitary, you know. I
1: know, I know. And it comes out of the side of the computer and it looks like it's sticking its tongue out, you know?
6: (laughs) Hey, well, you guys, it's almost for, for you and, well, there's almost betty so I'll, I'll let you guys go, but I'll, I'll, I'll check the sign out and see.
1: Okay, it's so nice to know that you're listening.
6: Wait, you guys are very interesting, so we'll talk to you next week.
1: Okay, Ron, you have a great week, and say hi to Gail for us. Happy
6: Easter. Happy Easter. Uh, Aloha.
2: 714. 545
1: two oh seven one good okay so it says you get fitted with a flight suit and you sit next to your instructor as you manage the control ah simulated air-to-air mm-hmm. combat oh simulated combat for $1,300 it must be an on-the-ground simulated thing I mean you can't bring a plane up for $1,300 okay I'll
2: do I don't that things in California, I wouldn't be surprised that it would be about that cost. It'd be a very short run. For a fighter pilot? For a fighter plane? Gee whiz,
1: you can't you can't gas up a bus for thirteen hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, all right, that's your homework, because I don't know anything about California and I don't know anything about flight instructions because I am never going to get out of a plane unless it's on the ground. So
2: You know, uh, it's interesting. My uncle uh, was telling me when he was head the f 16s King, are over modern-day firefighters, fire planes Mm -hmm. in the mid '70s. Um, Most people know how they, you know, how pilots bail out of an airplane. There's a certain way they do it.
1: I know they they. You mean in a, in a regular airplane or in the, World
2: in, War II in, 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 the in the fighter point the fighter airplanes of the 70s and
1: on? Okay, they they shoot up. Right. They are actually ejected up. If from, it's, uh, if
2: from their seat.
1: The canopy slides back.
2: If, if from their seat, that pops up. Right. Yeah. I knew so. that. Do I get a prize? You you do. You can you can go up and we can we can go out and look for airplanes and shoot no, down no. enemies.
1: I don't think so. I no. will be down here with the welcome home party.
2: You're gonna say you'll have the chocolate cake candy.
1: I am such a chicken. I don't do these kinds of things. I mean, my cousin went skydiving, and gee Willikers, I just sit here and say, I'll be here when you get down.
2: <laughs> going up, you can I can. I can definitely. Relate. I can. I can see flying around, but I don't know yeah. about jump. About.
1: You know, I mean, stepping out of a perfectly good airplane. I know. I don't know. I have a quote that um, relates to that. Mhm. It says, you do not need a parachute to skydive, you need a parachute to skydive the second time.
2: Read that again? I'm confused.
1: You you don't need a parachute to skydive, Mm -hmm. but you need one if you want to dive a second
2: time. Yeah, that's a good line, yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I have useless but fun stuff. What'd you got? I, did I tell you how many bunnies? Yeah, I told you how many bunnies.
3: Yeah.
1: 200 million bunnies. Right. Yeah. 200 million bunnies, and I don't even have one. Gee whiz. Aww. Uh, he didn't say whether or not they, were, they separated them or even if they made sugar-free bunnies. I bet they do. I mean, it sounds almost sacrilegious to have a sugar-free <laughs> 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 Illegal, at least. Uh, okay, Dunkin' Donuts.
2: Nice place to In A
1: category, they sell...
2: Chocolate bunnies. This
1: is, no, the Dunkin' Donuts doesn't have chocolate bunnies. They have donuts. They might have bunnies. Well, you know, I haven't been in a Dunkin' Donuts for a very long time. So, you're right, they could. I should not be so adamant. They...
2: <laughs> but, you know what, I think you're correct. I'd be surprised they do have chocolate bunnies. I'd be surprised, except, you know, they, they cross... Sell in so many, they, you know, they cross market
1: in so many places. So if you if you eat a chocolate bunny, you might need a cup of coffee. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Dunkin' Donuts sells 2.5 million donuts and munchkins every day. The munchkins are the little donut holes.
2: Oh, uh, the little donut holes, yeah. Two and nope. a half million. Every- so that, mean, that okay. means that means that means they bake. So they bake two and a half million donuts to punch out the little donut holes.
1: Well, no,
2: why, what? not quite. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds good. Well, so we've why got nine million. Why, why else should we call them donut hole? Donut holes. When they, I mean, if oh. why not bake a donut and then punch it out and then you have the donut hole? Why? Why go to the bother of just baking these little little ball things? Because they're not. You really don't hang out in bakeries very much, <laughs> or do you? Not really. I'm just. I don't think
1: so.
2: Uh, but you know. I don't why do why do we call them donut holes then when they're just really just little bait that donut bites thing? I don't
1: know.
2: Oh, okay. Fred, can you oh, point that to me? Of stuff, but I
1: don't know donuts. Oh, okay. Well, that's not really true. I'm I'm the one with all the slurp marks on the on the counters. <laughs> okay, donuts. So now we've got 2.5 million donuts. And 1.9 million candy bars every single day. There is no question at all why we are having weight challenges <laughs> <laughs> across the world. Okay, Pez, Pez candy. That's
2: I think I read somewhere what how much sugar the average person eats
1: oh my goodness. in a uh, in a year. Pounds and pounds. I, I couldn't uh, believe it. I can't I can't remember. What is it?
2: 300 what? pounds or some I, crazy thing. I I you know.
1: It's like 20 pounds, 25 pounds. Something I mean, it's like a that. Outrageous number. Now I have to go look that up too, huh? Uh
2: uh-uh. uh.
1: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Golden Gate Bridge.
2: Because you're adorable. Oh, thank you. Yes.
1: Thank you.
2: Yes. The Golden Gate Bridge. I think, built in 1937.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Yes. How many? How many vehicles? That year, if, in the in the first year, how many vehicles did it transport?
2: Uh, 300,000. Oh, $3.5 Wow. Maybe. Hello there. Yep. Hi. You're on the air.
1: I, cut, <laughs> I guess, but
8: Hi. I, I, I really want to know about Krispy Kreme donuts, not
0: Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, man. You know, there's
1: one in every
2: box. Do we even have Krispy Kreme? That thing really dropped. Krispy Kremes
1: are the world's favorite.
2: But they, is- here, in, here, in, here in sunny California, you don't see now. They completely faded out.
1: Really? Yeah. I've, I read not very long ago that I thought Krispy Kremes was sending Yummies over to the troops.
2: I think they probably are, but I just seem like when they first well, got I thought that
1: they went through some really hard financial yeah. times that they yeah. were filing for bankruptcy, the last I heard, so... Uh, that, that that is
8: true, I think, mm. but I just, to me, that's the only donut there is.
1: What is there that is so special about a Krispy Kreme?
8: Well, I really don't know. They're just good.
1: They're just good. Yes, Krispy Kreme is very much in business. They've got a great website. It says loading and products. Let's see what we've got coming up here. Well, I think okay. it's
2: because they, a lot of people like them, like they line up because they can get them hot.
8: Yeah. I don't care even even cold. <laughs> I just, I can't see that there's even a question between the two, but apparently yeah. there must be or...
2: Yeah, I could... Don, wouldn't
8: tell so many, but... Yeah, um,
2: I, I, you know, I've, I've only had a Krispy Kreme once and I couldn't see the rave about it. You know, maybe...
8: Then, then apparently you got them on a bad day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They've got drive-thrus for Krispy Kreme.
8: Well, yeah, around here. I mean, I, I think that's where they that mostly the guys do a drive through but and the know, they have a guy saying go inside sit down, and eat. I've never done that. And the
2: thing got me, when we ate them, we were like 75 cents a piece. What? I
8: don't know how much
1: they are, but um, I know they're. they when cheapy. When you walk into a Dunkin' Donuts, you surely spend more than that on a donut.
2: Well, I'm just thinking when we can get a Dunkin' Donut, we can almost get them like a dozen for about four bucks, and you're looking at nine or better. A
1: dozen for four dollars? Yeah.
2: You're kidding. No. no. But we don't uh, always, go, we don't always go to Dunkin'. We go to some other places, you know.
8: Well, at least around here, I don't have any idea how much Dunkin' is, but Krispy Kremes, I think, it might be in the five or six category, but they're not nine. They the cream fills and all that kind of stuff, I might, be. I don't ever ask. You can go ahead and say, here's
2: my credit card.
8: Yeah, well, you know, when it when it comes to to a Krispy Kreme donut, just you know, you, you don't even bring up the price.
2: Well, that's what it sure gives me about how successful Starbucks coffee is. It's what they charge for cup for coffee, and so many people willing to pay willing to drink two or three well, that's a day.
8: True too. I mean, it's amazing. Coffee. I like coffee, but I don't want it that bad. You know. Then I donuts. A little different situation. Of course, I, I don't guess i probably had one in several years, but uh, I try to stay away from there because I shouldn't be eating them. But still,
1: I'm having the vapors here. Um, I'm looking yeah. at. All right, we've got cinnamon twists and cinnamon apple filled, and glazed donuts and chocolate topped donuts and powdered sugar donuts and cream filled donuts. This is a panic attack for my eyes.
8: Yeah, you're right. Just just hearing you talk about it, it'll oh, do
1: Oh it. my goodness. Out of all of those goodies and I'm I'm thinking there are probably more here that I missed, is it possible that they have a jelly donut too?
4: Sure it looks
8: Uh I'm pretty sure they're bound to. I mean I usually only buy the glazed and um, the cream fill ones.
1: No, they got a jelly donut too. Out of all of those, which is your favorite?
8: Well, like I said, I guess the, the glazed and the cream fields are my favorite, but some of those I've never had. I, I just always buy the, the cream-filled and the glazed ones. Do
1: you, do you have a Krispy Kreme place up there?
8: Oh, yeah, there's, um... You
1: have everything.
8: There's, there's two of them here in town that I know of, yes.
1: Two? I don't have I one, do. I don't think.
6: Store local.
8: We had another one built closer to me several years ago, and, um... Uh, urban development thing. I think they got um, grant money or something to upgrade an area, and they built a Krispy Kreme, and it finally failed. And to my, to this day, I can't figure out how come it failed. Now the other two have been all oh, as long as I can remember, and they're going strong. But that one, I don't know how on earth that thing failed.
1: Uh- all right, well, I don't have it, one. It went down
8: when, when when they were having so much financial trouble, and I don't know if the local group, where it was, you know, some local group built it, or if they're, fran- I guess it's probably some kind of franchise or something.
1: Franchise, so.
8: But, but I don't know if the company, you know, builds it, or how the deal works, building to, to running kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't have one here, and I have to tell you, I am offended.
8: Yeah, well, you ought to be.
1: I am offended. We've got a whole uh, bunch of them, but they're all up by Tampa.
8: You I think you are a petition the
1: company. Well, I'm already picketing a whole bunch of other stuff
2: for us. I think, I think they should just re- award Patricia a franchise in the Fort Myers area for free.
1: I don't want a franchise, I want the donuts!
7: <laughs> Absolutely. I
1: have a franchise, I have to work! Well, you can hire people to work for you. No, I think I would just like somebody to say, Oh, Patricia, we really enjoyed your show, so we're going to send you a dozen donuts.
2: A dozen donuts a day? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Yeah! What would you pick, Patricia, looking at that list?
1: Oh, the glazed donut.
2: Uh-huh. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. I bet you can eat more glazed donuts than you can other stuff like the cream ones.
8: Oh yes, I'm, I'm sure you can, but um, I can't put the others away too.
1: <laughs> okay, so now we've got Krispy Kremes and Dunkin' Donuts and 1.9 million chocolate bars a day just from the Hershey Company alone, Never mind Nestle's or Mars. I think we have identified why Doctors are saying we have an overweight society. But boy, what a way to go,
8: huh? Uh, yeah, I got to say, we got a lot of overweight doctors, too, so don't let it worry you. Right?
1: <laughs> that is true. Unfortunately, mine is not. Well, I say unfortunately. I'm very happy he's a healthy person. I want, him to, I want him forever. I told him if he ever retired, I'm going to show up in his garage. <laughs> It's really good. So, I mailed something to you. What did I owe you that I would have mailed? I know. Um, you wanted...
3: On cars.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's on its way. And but, I even wrapped up... I haven't mailed it yet, but I wrapped up the hard drive.
8: Well, you know, I guess you're getting there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. You know, and I could have gone this morning and I thought, I'm just... I just can't do it. (laughs) Getting in the shower, getting out, getting, you know, I have to admit, I did not do it. So, Monday or Tuesday. It's all right. That sound cool? Uh,
8: Yeah, just fine. Uh, No panic.
1: I know. See, you know, when somebody tells me you don't have a deadline, that's exactly the way I take it. Not a smart thing. You tell me, I I want it by Friday, then you'll get it.
8: Yeah, well, I don't believe really I need it that
1: bad, so. Okay. Then I won't kill myself. <laughs>
8: no, don't. Yeah, uh, I
1: haven't. No. This has been sitting here for a couple of weeks. But it is it is packaged, and I do not have software. I cannot find software anywhere, so it didn't come with software. If it needs a driver, um, they're up on the Internet. I did check the Seagate sites, and they've got all of their drivers up there, so if if you need one, it's on the Internet. But I uh,
8: I believe we have handle it.
1: Get one. I did not get a disc with it.
8: That, that's fine. I'll I'll problem.
1: Okay. Are you are you in the market for a question?
8: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, he says. Yeah.
8: Yes. Yes. Go oh, ahead.
1: Cool. Okay. Okay. Let me see what we got here. You want a, a comic strip or you want um? Oh, here. I didn't, okay, this is good. Jeff Reagan, I asked the the Jeff Reagan question earlier.
8: I didn't hear it, I hadn't been here for a few minutes when.
1: Okay, here it is. Jeff Reagan, the Jack Webb character, Jeff Reagan investigator. He begins the show, every show with, my name is Jeff Reagan, I get 10 a day and expenses from a detective bureau run by a guy named Anthony J. Lyons. They call me.
5: The Lyon's eye.
1: You got it, oh man, you are good. I don't know how you do this. I'm, it has been forever, forever since I got you on a question.
3: Oh, yes, you can. It
8: well,
1: just, I, I mean, it's been a long time.
8: Well, the other day you were talking about um, horses.
1: Uh-huh.
8: Who was Topper?
1: Oh, that was um, Gene Autry's horse.
2: No. 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 It was uh, Hopper on Cassidy's horse. Yeah.
8: And to my... Recollection, anyway. Uh, do you know the color of it?
1: Hop along, Cassidy. <laughs> Topper was a white horse, and Hoppy wore a black hat and black clothes.
8: Right. Correct? And, you know, I, to my knowledge, um, him and Silver were the only two white horses I can remember.
3: Uh, yeah.
1: Hey, okay. and in a couple of different places, it said Tony was um, a paint or a, you know a palomino type.
3: Mm, Not okay. a palomino,
1: but it it had dark coloring.
2: I didn't think
1: so. I thought Tony was white. I thought
2: so
8: too. Oh. Well, I don't. I just don't remember him. So. All right. I'm, I may have told this story before, and if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it had to have been in. It it had to have been Christmas of 1955 or 56. I was thinking about that. It had to be one of those two years. Mhm. Uh-huh. But. I think it's the only Christmas parade I ever went to here in Greensboro. Well, anywhere else, as far as that's concerned, but anyway, it was here in Greensboro. And Hopalong Cassidy was in the Christmas parade. And I was, you know, standing down on the side of the road, and uh, he stopped almost in front of me. It, it It was off just a little bit, but it was almost in front of me, and he actually stopped the parade. And he bent down and picked up this little girl and straightened back up and sat there and talked to her for just a minute. And then he bent over and set her back on the ground. How he did it, I don't know. That was a long, that's a long way down, especially for a little kid, pick her up, but he did. Well, anyway, the parade went on. And here, probably three or four years ago, I was talking to a fellow ham operator here in town that used to uh, keep my books for me. And I don't know how we got around to it, but it was his sister that he picked up.
1: Oh gosh.
8: And he said it thrilled him to death that he picked up his little sister. Uh Little sister wasn't too happy about it herself, (laughs) he was.
1: That's really cute. Well, I I have another candidate for a white horse, since they had to change the name of Tonto's horse from White Feller to Scout, wouldn't White Feller be a white horse?
8: Well, it sounds like it, but, you know, I just cannot remember that one.
2: Well, then, well, could White Feller have a white face and they'll be called White Feller?
1: Well, I don't know. I, I think it would be... All white? Right. Would, it would be inaccurate advertising to call him white feller if he only had a white face. I don't know. I really don't know.
2: Yeah, but it, it
8: just...
1: No, well, I had a whole... Yeah,
8: of- white really stands out, and it, it seems kind of odd that the, the secondary character, so to speak, would have the more stand-out ashore, so to speak.
9: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
8: Uh, you know, I, I'm probably all wet, but that's just the way it seemed to me. Mm-hmm. Now, of course it wasn't radio, but also another story that I remember when I was a kid, the stadium here in Greensboro was built, it had to have been built before World War II I know when we went to the thing there one night when I was a kid. Um, there again, it had to been sometime in the mid fifties. Uh, the Lone Ranger was here, and it, it was Clayton Moore. And I don't know if he didn't want to ride or if he actually had an accident, but he was on crutches. Oh dear. And. I, you know, I don't know if it was fake or not as far as that part was concerned because I remember him talking and he did some um, gun spinning tricks and I never saw him do that on TV but he did for this thing.
1: No, I, know, I don't remember ever seeing that.
8: Well, I don't either but he did it because I saw it that time.
1: Oh, no, I mean on uh, television. That was really a treat that, he, that you got to see something so unusual.
8: I agree and... Um, Of course, they had Silver there too, and he came out and did some tricks as well. Um, Some things on voice commands and stuff of that nature. I remember he danced. Um, I can't remember what else he did. It's been a long time ago. But um, I guess that's my nearest claim to fame to Clayton Moore. Of course, I never got anywhere near him, but uh, uh, it impressed me anyway.
1: I'm so discouraged that Silver had to do tricks. Silver was a brave stallion.
8: Well, I know, but I mean, you know, how much standing around looking brave can you do? You had to do something.
1: Oh. Oh, you don't make a horse like that.
3: Oh.
8: Well, no, I guess it just proves how smart he is. I
3: suppose.
8: Yeah, but, well, what is it that I can't remember the the pecking order of... of horses how smart they are compared to other animals i can't remember it's pretty high on the list though i think no they're
1: not they're not smart horses no yes i don't think so i think they're pretty low on the list oh we're going to (laughs) have some horsey lovers giving me a call tonight
8: I don't know. I've seen some pretty smart ones, but,
1: um, Well, they're well-trained. They're not yeah. really smart. They're well-trained.
8: Well, it could be, too.
1: And there am a difference. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just so frustrated here because I know I had a list of white horses, and it's not here. I don't know what I did with them. Shame on me. It wasn't very long, I have to admit that. It was a very short list.
3: Well, how about
2: Google, Google, list of white horses.
1: Gosh, you know, we did horses last week and I don't think I... Did I copy that list?
2: No, you came across three, about two or three different lists. Yeah. So they weren't all the same site.
8: Yeah, and we, <clears throat> we weren't really talking about white ones at the time. Mmm,
1: TV history is amazing, brain teasers, no.
2: Well, she's riding six white horses when she comes.
1: Uh, well, you guys keep talking. I'll go do some homework.
2: Oh, Cowboy horses. So how's the water down there in your neck of the woods?
8: Well, it's been pretty good this week. It's uh, Friday and Saturday. It's been kind of cold and rainy, but otherwise, this, it's been pretty nice. I think maybe it's going to get over winter now.
2: So, when did the good weather normally hit, and how long do you get it?
8: Well, you can't really guarantee anything more than a few minutes ahead.
2: <laughs> so, by Memorial Day, we should have summer?
8: Um, pretty much so, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, me and the cold don't get along too well yeah. anymore, and. I guess just the fact of warming up is, is good news for me,
2: but... Well, how cold does it really get? Does it get... Does it have you have ever gotten down this hill? Oh, yes. Wow.
8: Below zero. Wow. And I remember the last time it did that, uh-huh. our furnace was out for more than a week. Woo. just... I've never been so cold in my life. Uh. But, uh, I mean, I had an electric blanket on the bed, but that still doesn't warm the house, and you just, oh man, it was it was terrible. And it, it got below zero that week.
2: Yeah, well, when it gets that cold, I guess you just really don't want to go outside or do much of anything.
8: Well, when it was that cold and no furnace, um, I don't know, you couldn't really tell much difference between inside and outside. Mm-hmm. But I had it, you know, it's just every year I think it's harder and harder on me to deal with the cold weather. But I guess that's just me.
1: Yeah. No, nope, it's not you. I, and I think, uh, well, I, I was going to say, I think the winters are getting harsher. I'm not sure where they are in terms of temperature, but I think they're harsher with winds and cold and biting cold at different times. And then on top of it, my tolerance is zero at this point.
8: Yeah, well of mine. and I, I know I've told this story before, but of course I was, I had to have been somewhere in my twenties, I guess. But I remember one winter I spent more than eight hours on a tower where I, I never came down, and the high temperature that day was 26. Ah. I could not do that now to save my life. There is no way on earth I could do it.
1: 28 degrees was what it was on the ground. The wind chill up there was staggering.
8: Oh yes, and and, you know, luckily I was not that high. I wasn't, but about 60 feet or so, which (laughs) was a big help, but still, um, 26 for a high, and it it just, I remember I had a a sweatshirt on and a coat over that, and um, the sweatshirt I had pulled up, the the tie string pulled a hood,
2: are you wearing gloves? Or I was you,
8: totally closed.
2: Are you wearing gloves or not?
8: I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you said.
2: Are you wearing gloves when you're up that high?
8: Um, all I can.
2: Yeah.
8: But some things you just cannot do with gloves.
2: That's what I thought. So here you're 60 so you
8: feet. Have, you, you have to all you can. Yeah. But I mean, you know, holding on, if, if you have to grab anything metal, it just, your hands are numb so quick that you can't do anything so you do everything you can with them on and when you do have to pull them off you do it quick and get them back on mm,
3: mm,
1: mm. i'm having the shivers
8: yeah well i did too
2: well i'll bet you did but um, i bet you're making sure you're wearing a safety belt or something when you can't really
8: oh yeah you yeah. have to but yeah. you cannot hold on and work i mean that cannot be done. And, and people, I've seen people do it that don't climb, that they got up there before they knew how they got there, I guess. And trying to hold on with one hand and work with the other, you forget it. Uh, you just cannot do that. And another thing people don't realize too, they, standing on the ground, you know, you can pick up X number of pounds of weight. And they think they can do that on a tower can't do that because your weight is not over your feet, you know, straight over your feet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You're leaning back. So therefore your back has got to lift most all of it. And you cannot lift more than a fraction on a tower that you can lift on the ground.
1: No, everything is out of balance. And you can on top of it, you're you're climbing with weight on you that you don't normally carry. So by the time you get uh, to the top you know? Yeah,
8: I mean, you, you can, you know, sometimes I have to climb with 50 pounds plus of material and, and it just, it gets old quick. But what just really, just makes you real happy is you climb several hundred feet or more and figure out you forgot something.
1: Oh, hello.
8: I will tell you something. It's amazing what that can do for your memory.
1: Oh, you're right. One trip like that, and you double check everything before you climb.
8: Yes, ma'am. You sure do.
1: I can understand that. Those are the times when you're very happy that you have a string in your pocket, so you can just lower. Yeah, you
8: always usually try to see that you have a rope of some kind Uh to um, pull out what you forgot. But still, you, you 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 get a whole lot more sensitive about checking things before you leave.
1: Well, it would work for me. Don't leave home without it.
8: I remember the guy that does all my working on now. What little there is to be done. But I've known, gosh, I've known him for having knows how many years, and he's about my age, I guess. Of course, he's slowing down too, but he's not sick like I am, so he still works. But he's got a fairly good crew too, that he don't have to climb as much as he used to. But I remember one time he was talking about a tower east of Raleigh, it's a sixteen hundred foot walk up, we call it, and there's no elevator, so you gotta climb the whole thing.
1: That's a quarter of a mile.
8: Well, yeah, it's more than a quarter of a mile, but anyway. Um, he was he was climbing with a guy, an engineer for the station. And uh, he said they'd climbed probably five hundred feet, just a long steady climb and he told the guy I said, um, I think we need to stop and rest for a minute. And uh, the guy said, all right. So they stopped. The guy went, okay, let's go. (laughs)
1: That wasn't a rest. That was a pause. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So when you're that high, then it could be like elevation. It's harder to breathe.
8: No, no. uh, it's not that. You're not high enough for it to be difficult to breathe. It's just, you get tired. And how? Uh, It's not like going up steps. I mean, you're pulling all your weight up every step. And there are some of the towers, I know there's one here in Greensboro, that the cross bracing at two and a half or three feet apart. Oh, gee. And man, if you don't think that is is not a job, I, I I couldn't do that anymore, there's no way. So now, some have ladders and but generally your a normal step is about fifteen inches.
2: So when you it's carry, not
8: too bad, but when you get something that far apart, it's a job.
2: When you turn stuff up and you and you meet your destination, what do you put it? You you hook it to the ladder and then you got a little box or something that you pull stuff out?
8: Uh, you mean from the ground?
2: No, when you're up 1,600 feet or 2,000 feet up or whatever, and you have some material that you're gonna work with. What do you do with your equipment? What do you do with your equipment? I mean, it's
8: hanging, it's hanging all over you. Everybody's got their own thing about how they do it. From doesn't come off. Hanging, hanging all over them like shoulder bags are more common, I guess, than anything. Um, I I've well, probably never seen one, but I'm sure you have, Patricia, the paper bags, You know, the um, if you remember the paper carriers walking yeah. and had the papers just folded flat. Yep. They go in a shoulder bag, a canvas shoulder bag. Uh, we made them for years, and if Barbara would make them now, we could probably still sell them. But they're heavy canvas shoulder bags, and <sighs> some wear backpacks, but they get in the way having to crawl between braces and stuff. And there's not too many use those, but like where you're carrying beacon bulbs, for example, these are 620 watt light bulbs and they're large. And, you know, you will have to carry anywhere from two to eight or 10 of them, depending on how many beacons you got. But um, it takes something big and bulky to carry those things. It's not that they're heavy, it's just they're bulky. And and most people carry two shoulder bags, you know, crossed over their shoulder from one side to the other so they won't slip off. You can't carry them just like a purse. You put it over your head, Uh one arm through it, so the shoulder bag's like on your left side, and the strap goes over your right shoulder, and then you do the other one the opposite. Um, Stuff all over your belt, hanging around your neck, everything else. a lot of things too. You tie cords on it, like your radio and things of that nature. If you drop it, good
1: grief! You're like my. you don't want
8: it taken off, so <laughs> you you have pieces of, of nylon cord or polyester cord or whatever tied to it and attached to you somewhere, so that you won't lose it if it slips out of your hand.
2: So have you ever dropped... Hand
1: stuff. You'd be like Tarzan swinging through the... Oh, my gosh. Do you ever uh, drop...
2: you ever dropped anything You know to go back oh and yes. make it... I mean, that right? uh, I have
8: dropped stuff, but, you know, you usually always carry a rope with you if you're doing any major work because, um, you know, whoever's on the ground ties stuff on it and you pull it up. Now, you know, when you start lifting things, that's a whole different ballgame. Um you usually have a uh, skid-mounted or trailer or truck-mounted winch to lift heavy stuff. And you're using a gin pole on the tower if you're stacking tower, or if you're lifting stuff that you've got to have extra headroom, like if you're putting an antenna at the top of the tower, you've got to have a tall gin pole attached to the side of the tower that goes up higher so you've got enough headroom to move the object around. Now, if you're side mounting something, you can just lift from the tower itself up above where you're actually mounting the thing. Uh, some of the microwave dishes, um, you know, they'll weigh six and eight hundred pounds. Um, of course, tower sections can weigh a whole heap more than that. But um,
2: So, what job is the most dangerous one to do? All of them. All of them?
8: You, you don't you don't make you don't have tower people that make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, because they don't last long. Um, the crew I use have never had an accident like that. One guy did fall, but he it was Gene's, one of Gene's sons, and he said it was just the most unusual thing, and I don't know how in the world it ever happened. I didn't ask him. But he said that he was on a ladder. And all of a sudden the ladder started to move past him very slowly to start with. I guess you're, it's like your your vision telescoping under stress and all. Mm-hmm. Things seem to move in slow motion. They really aren't. It just appears to, to you. But he, he, he realized very quickly what had started happening. And uh, he grabbed the ladder, so it wasn't anything serious, but, you know, it can can get serious very quickly. And uh, you don't have careless people on towers, if you know it, Mm -hmm. because they can kill you very quickly. Um, You know, it's not like going up steps onto your deck Mm -hmm. and it's not forgiving. Um, That's why I say you don't make many mistakes.
2: No margins.
8: Do what? No margins. No. Well, did,
2: no. Did you wake up in the middle of the night having nightmares about it?
8: No, I never have. Uh-huh. I guess if I guess if people do do that, they quit climbing. Okay. Um, I, I've never really discussed it with anybody, but you know, doing stupid things. I know there was an outfit out of Winston here, probably ten years ago. They were working down near Larenberg and they were only on three 350-foot tower, but they were installing uh, a ladder on the outside of the tower. And these ladder sections are in 20-foot sections, and the uprights on them are flat steel. They're usually about an inch and a half by a quarter, flat plate or flat bar on each side, and then they have generally 5-8 solid rod welded between these two uprights. And the ends of them, and a lot of them, have holes in them to have mounting brackets clamped to these tower legs that are to the, to the uh, ladder uprights, and then in the center of these brackets they clamp to the tower leg. Well, what they do to, the easy way to put these things up is they will stack these sections up that's several feet high and you alternate each end bolting them bolting them together so you have this giant accordion stacked stack of ladder. Well, when you start lifting it you're pulling from the top of the tower with a winch and you hook it to the top end of the ladder and this thing just unfolds as you start lifting it up. Well, when you get done You know, you've got the whole ladder hanging there uh, suspended on your winch line and you start attaching it at the top or at the top and down several feet, depending on how many guys are doing and working on this thing, you start attaching it to the uh, mounting brackets, you know, the leg or face brackets that attach the ladder to the tower. Well, um, this guy should have known better but he was right near the top and the tower would not, didn't want to come in close enough to the leg. It, for whatever reason, it was hanging out some, and he had to pull it into the tower to get the bolts in it. Well, they only had um, you know, two or three places uh, fastened and they had already taken the winch line off, which was another stupid thing. But he put his belt around, he was inside the tower, you know, working through the bracing, pulling this thing in and bolting it. Well, he took his belt off, right it through the bracing and around the ladder rung.
1: Are you kidding put me?
8: Back, put it back on, and then he leaned back to pull the, tower, the, the, the ladder in closer to the tower to get the bolts in the bracket. Well, for whatever reason, I don't know if the bolts broke above him he didn't have them in good. He didn't have nuts on good. I don't know what happened, but it came loose.
1: Oh, my God.
8: And it literally snatched him right through the bracing. And, of course, it was some kind of mess on the ground when they cleared all this steel and got him out of there. But uh, uh, he, needless to say, never made that mistake again.
1: Right. As soon as you said... He took his belt. I knew exactly what you were going to tell exactly.
8: me. See, that was that was that was an easy thing to do, but it was a very stupid thing to do, and he paid for it big time.
1: Boy, oh boy!
8: <laughs> they just little things like that. Um, it's it, it's it's really bad. I know another crew up on a 1500 foot tower in near Statesville um, a few years ago. It was a family, and, of course, they tell you never to ride a winch line, but everybody does it. And the guy's wife was running the winch, and oh, no. it, was her, it was her husband and two sons were riding the load of the line.
1: Oh. It,
8: it was a capstan winch that, you know, that had a three-quarter inch rope. uh mm-hmm. Uh, line. It wasn't a steel line, although we use those two, but this was a rope line. And she was running the capstan winch. And a capstan winch is, you've got a drum that you've got several turns of rope around it because you can't wind up mm-hmm. um, a big bunch of rope on a drum like you see on a steel winch, uh, steel line winch. So you have several turns of rope around this capstan head drum and you're sitting there feeding the rope on one end of the drum through your hand, and the other end is coming off, going up the tower, or reverse, depending on what you're doing. Okay, this, the turns around this drum is what's holding the load. Mm-hmm. No problem with that. I mean, uh, Patricia, for example, you could take, and you could hold uh, hundreds of pounds of weight with one hand, like this, because the turns around this drummer providing so much drag, they're what's holding the load. Well, nevertheless, she was running the winch and and lifting them up, and I don't know exactly what happened unless she got tangled up with the feeding the rope, or she let some slack get in it enough that it slipped over the end of the drum. I don't know what happened, but she lost it. Oh boy. And they must have fallen a thousand feet uh, or more. Um, it just wiped the whole family out just that quick. Mm, mm, mm. But you just. Um,
1: and as soon as you said captain, I knew exactly what you were talking about in how it, it was um, controlling the rope and taking right. it up.
8: But I mean, you know, <sighs> what? You 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 never can
0: get careless because it's, it's just not forgiving.
1: Yeah, even when you're careful. It, it exactly,
0: when you're as careful as you possibly can be, cannot, you're never careful enough.
1: You cannot control just,
8: anything. No, you cannot realize that, and it's the same thing right, with blasters. Now, you're not high there, but you don't make mistakes in blasting, or you don't make many.
1: <laughs> you make one. You're allowed... Exactly. And that's, that's the end. Well, I'm
8: the and you have these people that think they're important. I remember one case, a, a class week, uh, a blasting class that we've had, and the guy named Alan Green with the North Carolina Dupont Division of Labor and Mines, I think is what it was, was how he was talking about, you know, don't ever get be a smart aleck with that. He said he was a, Went to a quarry that they had loaded a face to blast. And when I say loading a face, we're talking about tons of powder. Um, This thing can be, you know, 150 feet high or more. And they go along and drill six inch diameter holes back from the face in rows. These things uh, can be anywhere from, depending on the height of the face, from you know, just 50 feet or so to 150 feet deep. And they will fill these holes with powder, usually within 30 or 40 feet of the top of the ground. And there are row after row after row of these things. Uh, what happens is the each row is time to shoot ahead of the other, or uh, behind the other panel, which way you're going. So what it does, it peels the face off so of your your Site and, and then the next row peels another layer of the face off, and the next one peels off another one. And, of course, it piles all this rock up at the bottom of the face, and then they come in with loaders, and they even take it to a crusher, and, and crush it to whatever size they're needing, and wash it, and all this stuff. But anyway, he said that they had loaded this, this, uh, this quarry, and they had cleared the site. They were ready to shoot a thing, and there was a down Ford forklift at the entrance to the quarry. So this pickup truck comes along with these two company officials in their new pickup truck, and he starts yelling at them and trying to get them to stop. They're driving into the quarry. He's trying to get them to stop, and of course, with a forklift, you can't run down a pickup truck and they just ignored him. I think one of them did wave at him but they just went right on in. drove right up to the face. Oh no. It threw that pickup truck more than 100 feet and it was a good thing it did because it would have been buried in all that rock. I think they survived but i bet you they never uh, ignored another guy trying to stop them. Mm, mm. But they were just, they were very lucky.
1: Indeed it sounds like it. I want to
8: um, I, I'm gonna quit with all my tails today, but people just—you know—the whole point I was trying to make. In some jobs, you are not careless.
1: Nope. We were talking Oops. about skydiving just before—not uh, just before, a little bit ago—and the—the um, the saying was, you don't need—you don't need yeah, it the <laughs> first time. You need it if you want to make a second time.
8: Yep, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, do you remember your first car? Yeah. What was it? That's our theme for tonight.
8: It was a Pontiac Firebird.
1: What color was it? Blue. Did you like it?
8: Yeah, because up to that point we didn't have a car, so
3: I <laughs> guess so.
8: <laughs> <laughs> anything, anything it would get you from one point to another. Of course, we bought it new, but. This was in 19, it was a 66 and we bought it in 67. You know, the new cars had come out, uh-huh. but I remember we paid $3,000 for it brand new.
1: That was a lot of money.
8: Well, it was, but compared to now, it was nothing.
1: Well, I know, but look at the salaries on top of it. Um, yes. You know, what people were making in the 1960s is a whole lot different from what they're making. Forty years, fifty years later.
8: Exactly. So you know, relatively speaking, it was expensive then too, and it took us quite a while to pay for it. But we got it done.
1: I'll bet. All right, I've got some shows. What kind of shows would you like?
8: I hadn't thought about it, and I really don't know. I'll have to. All
1: right, I'm going to put an IOU on this future. I'll put down an IOU.
8: Okay. I'm gonna get off here. I've wasted enough time. Sorry about that.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. It's always fun to talk to you. Um, you gonna have a good Easter?
8: Well, yeah. I think we're gonna Barbara's cousin. We're gonna uh lunch, and I think we'll have cube steak. I'm not sure what all else. I know she's cooking a cube steak, but I don't know what anybody else is supposed to bring.
1: What What time should we be there?
8: Um.
5: Probably
2: around 1 or 1.30. Walden, well, can you do that? Uh-huh, because my meal had one, so we can do it, Patricia. Oh,
1: you're going to have to come here first. I know. Well, I can... If, yeah. if you got a fast
8: plane, you can get back in time for yours.
2: That's right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the Concord still around.
3: We'll
1: get them there.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness. Okay, well, you have a great day tomorrow. Happy Easter to you and Barbara.
8: Same to y'all, and, um... Don't eat too many rabbits.
1: No, not too many rabbits. It sounds like you're feeling better. I'm glad for that.
8: Oh, yes, I am. I really should have told you what we were really having. Uh Uh-oh. What? You have turkey at Thanksgiving and usually at Christmas. No,
1: you're not going to eat bunnies.
8: But on Easter, you always have rabbits for lunch.
1: No, no. You're not going to eat Oh,
8: yeah.
1: Chocolate ones, right?
8: No, you eat the real ones.
1: Oh. I guess
8: I guess today we're just having cube steak.
1: Oh. Oh, you just hurt my heart. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing at me. You hurt my heart.
3: Did you
8: realize that a jackrabbit is not really a rabbit?
1: Oh, okay. If you say so. You tell me I don't...
8: But that's know. what I heard the other day, and I don't know the difference. But a jackrabbit is a hare. So what's the difference between a rabbit and a hare? Oh,
1: I know, I know. You know, and I just read this whole article in, I don't know, National Geographic or something like that. I don't know the difference.
8: Well, I don't either. To me, there's still rabbits, but... Yeah,
1: and I read the whole
2: article too. They can spell them differently.
8: And then, of course, you've got jackalopes. Oh, that's
2: right.
8: And I guess if you've ever been in Texas, you've seen one.
1: Mm -hmm. I've never been in Texas.
8: Well, we don't have in North Carolina either, but uh, if you ever get a chance to see a jackalope, you really ought to.
1: Okay. I'll take your word for it. You're teaching me.
8: Hey, a, a jackalope is a jackrabbit cross with a uh, antelope.
1: Oh, you, you got me again, didn't you? <laughs>
8: well.
1: <laughs> Gee, well, because, you know, you guys are just uh, awful.
8: One other thing before I go, you wanted a new word today. Yeah? and even I don't hear it very much anymore, but uh, I used to hear it all the time from my daddy. What is a terrapin shell?
1: Terrapin shell? Yeah. Terrapin, a turtle shell? No. What is it?
8: Usually the expression is, put it in the terrapin shell. And I know you'll never figure it out.
1: I'll never figure it out. What is it?
8: It is a trunk lid on a vehicle. (gasps) I knew that. Well, once you think about it, it makes sense.
1: Yes, it does. i never heard it. I remember hearing that now.
8: Okay. Well, that's good.
1: Yeah, but I didn't remember it. That's
3: bad.
8: And you know, milk, we always call white milk, sweet milk. I mean, I just grew up doing that, that way. Huh. And I remember, yeah, we were talking about the glass milk bottles. And I remember I was in a store just a very few years ago, and we went to, I'm not sure if it was a checkout or just a guy that worked there, but we were asking him about the glass bottles you know, if if they were out of them or or what. And I just, I said, sweet milk. And he was standing there looking like, what the heck are you talking about? And he didn't say nothing. And I finally realized the problem. And I said, white milk. Oh, then he knew what I was talking about.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, is, is the term sweet milk or white milk used to differentiate from buttermilk?
8: Uh, yes, or chocolate, you know, or buttermilk, yes, chocolate or buttermilk, but it, it, when I was growing up, it was always sweet milk. Nobody ever called it white milk, you just always called it sweet milk, and, you know, I never understood the, the total logic back to that, because it wasn't really sweet.
1: But it wasn't sour, either.
8: Well, no, but it wasn't sweet from the standpoint. No, I
1: understood like that, but it, it, it wasn't sour it. milk, it wasn't buttermilk, so it would be sweet milk.
8: Yeah. Well, he had never apparently even heard the term and didn't have a clue what I was talking about.
1: Now, see, I I would get credit for that because I would know what you were talking about.
8: Well, yeah, but...
1: I'm a Yankee. I,
8: I, guess, I guess I shouldn't say it. But I think that a lot of that particular problem... I mean, you know, somebody, even if I'd never heard the term, I think I would have realized it. But I think what his problem was, a serious case of dumb... <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think that's really where I would have put that. At
1: least it wasn't terminal.
8: No, it wasn't criminal. It was just just a serious case of dump.
1: Done. It wasn't terminal.
8: Well, anyway, I'm going to go this time and go have my glass of milk, and then I'm going to have some coffee.
1: Okay. Pour the coffee for us. We'll be here.
8: I'll
1: do it. Okay, Laura, Thanks for calling.
2: Bye. Bye. 714-545-207. 714 545 207. Did you know that Patricia threw a little sudden accent when she was trying to see how wanted something? Yeah? Yeah.
3: What did I say?
2: Uh, these or something like that. I guess He fell into a little sudden draw for a quick second. Like, y'all want something? Uh, well, something Something like it was like you took a word and you accented it like a sudden.
1: No John Yes. really is rubbing off on me? Uh, maybe,
2: you, maybe you've been hanging with your sister so much.
1: Boy, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, you, you have a whole choice here. You can find out how... <laughs> this is really... This is... It, it's from a different page from the live rock stars that you're going to learn from as opposed to the dead ones. Uh-huh. Um, this one, this is a different site now. It's going to tell you how many, how, how reproductive rats are. And well, it says...
2: Well, now, bunny rabbits are more reproductive than rats, aren't they?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> uh, not, not, not if these numbers are correct.
2: Oh, by the way, how many cars... Oh, you, yeah, you gave me the gateway. You gave me the Golden Gate. Oh, right. we haven't
1: finished the Golden Gate. Oh, yeah. I, because there's dollars involved in here. But okay. i got to tell you about the rats. All right. It says a mated pair of rats. Can produce up to 15,000 babies in one year.
2: She's a boy, she's busy.
1: Now, I want to know how unmated pair of rats can reproduce. <laughs> there is no reason to use the word mated in there, right? I mean, well, it's it's an assumed activity.
2: Well, maybe they are internally incombustible.
1: It, it is an assumed activity. <laughs> Crank out. If you're going to crank out 15,000 babies, it is assumed that you are a
2: mated pair. <laughs> you, you figure she's doing her thing, huh?
1: I guess. You've got to have two of them in there. Yeah. It costs. It costs. So you think they're doing it every day? I got it. You know, <laughs> 15,000 a year, I'll bet they're cranking out more than, <laughs> more than once a day. Wow. I mean...
2: They must have an active lifestyle then.
1: Uh, you know, somebody out there knows about rats. Uh, I, I get fifteen thousand babies in a year.
2: Well, you gotta think each order probably got more than one kid.
1: Yeah, but what about the mother?
2: Yeah, her hormones are all wax for the year, aren't they? She has got a
1: serious case of hormone imbalance. You're right. <laughs> Gee whiz, fifteen thousand babies! I
2: think he'd be perpetually tired.
1: 15,000 babies. No wonder they have rat problems in cities. Okay, the Golden Gate Bridge cost $35 million to build. Wow. Now, this was 1937. <laughs> off the construction bonds until 1971.
2: Huh, really? Isn't that amazing? Nice 34 nice. years. Hello there, you're on the air. Hey, how
7: are you? Uh, can you hear me okay now?
2: Are you sure? We're ready.
7: Boarded say
2: again. Hello. Hello there. No one will hearing you. You, you.
7: you can hear me okay. I'm trying on the microphone.
1: No, yeah. I can't hear you at all.
2: Patricia can't hear you, so may, maybe.
1: Very poor quality. I'll get off of
2: that in just a second. Okay. This is the no- one and only no one can Yes. Who Patricia yes. can't hear.
7: Before we got too far, <clears throat> pardon me, my voice is going away. Just my entire body is going away at five in the morning. <laughs> But before we got too far off topic, I have a source for cowboy horses.
1: Oh, wow. good, oh good.
7: And you can be just as smart as uh, Walden and I, Priscilla, uh, <laughs> if you'll just dial this up. <laughs> <laughs> what? It is cowboypal.com forward slash horses H O S E S horses.
1: Cowboy Pal. One word, uh-huh. Just, and no S on it, just Cowboy Pal. Right, lowercase. Dot com. Dot com.
7: Slash. Forward slash Hosses, H-O-S-S-E-S. Okay. Dot H-T-M-L.
1: There it is. You find it? Oh, the Silver Screen Cowboys.
7: Yeah, right there, and then you can go into horses and, and you'll find pictures of them.
1: Horses. And Reagan rode a white horse. Hmm. Who? President Reagan, that's the first picture.
7: Oh, okay. Well, he, he wasn't on Saturday morning, so we don't count him.
1: <laughs> no, well, maybe he was. Okay, so what have we got here? We've got Target, who belonged to Annie Oakley. That wasn't the white horse. No white horses there. Buffalo Bill had a white horse. Ishan was the horse's name. I didn't know. I've never heard that name before, have you? No, no, I... Okay, and Toppy, um, Hoppy and Toppy, this is good. And Tonto had a paint, or wasn't a chestnut, I guess it was paint, it had white feet, you know, white leggings. So I guess that would make, it that's not a paint. What is it? It's not a Palomino. Nolan, I want to hear. I don't know one here. from another. Huh?
7: I don't know horse breeds.
1: I don't know them either.
7: I just know it was Dale's horse and it was buttermilk.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, Raven and Rex. Art Accord or Accord? How do you pronounce that name? Art?
7: Where are you in the book?
1: A C C O R D. Had a white horse.
7: That, I'm not familiar with Accord, I guess, but I don't know him.
1: Okay, and then we've got um, Smiley Head Ring Eye.
7: Yeah, that, he was white except for the black around his eye, and that was hair and makeup put that on, so...
1: Now that was painted on, so... And Buster Crab, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell from a black and white whether it's a Palomino or a white horse. uh uh-huh. Okay. Okay.
7: So, I never saw him in a color movie.
6: <laughs> well, that's true,
1: but...
7: I mean, something did. You know, Roy and Gene and uh, several did go with a, a form of color. It wasn't Technicolor. It was...
1: But I mean, like, on... The, you can't tell what kind of horse it was from a black-and-white picture.
7: Well, yeah, I can't tell. I mean, he wasn't a biggie, but he, he was a, a cowboy figure.
1: Oh, I'll be darned. His horse was Shamrock, don't forget. Um, and of course the Lone Ranger, and Neil O'Day.
7: Before you leave the Ranger, uh, uh, Haywood was talking about the broken ankle or strained ankle.
3: Uh-huh.
7: And he couldn't, he couldn't ride in, and, and I saw that in an article, I've been feverishly trying to find it. But he rode in on the, uh, sat on the front fender of a Cadillac. Oh. And they drove him to the center of the arena, and he did his tricks, and, um uh, you know, I, did the, I always did a little speech and everything was uh, USA first and that sort of thing. And then the patriotic's word I'm fumbling for. Yeah. And, and um, then he would do some gun twirls. And if you watch on the TV show, when he holsters his gun, he'll always twirl it first. Ah,
1: oh, really?
7: A lot of those guys do that. They always did a little flare to their, uh, the way they handled a pistol.
1: Uh-huh. So he did have some skills with that. Yes, I think so. Are are the Lone Ranger shows playing anywhere?
7: All over the world. I I don't know where to tell you to see it.
1: I didn't ask that correctly. There are some uh, some television stations that specialize in the old time stuff and I don't get them all. Encore is one of them. Is it playing on stations like that?
7: I, I watch Encore Westerns a lot, and I, I haven't seen it. You yeah, have uh, Okay. It's certainly available in the uh, stores. You can buy, the, buy them.
1: Yeah, you can buy them. If you choose to. You can buy them.
7: Yeah, and then I'll copy them for you. Is that what you're saying?
1: Oh, well, that's okay. No, I'm...
7: Anyway, you certainly done not for me. I'd be glad to.
1: I, I would buy lettuce before I bought Lone Ranger. <laughs> understand. You know, I mean, that's heretical, too but Bob Russell, and boy, they, this is just loaded with names I don't recognize.
7: Yeah, no, i tell you the truth, they were some I didn't either, and, um, but it goes back to silence here. Ah, okay. I am old, but I did not remember the, talk, the non-talkies.
1: No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we will allow you that one. But Thank you. Goodness, there are lots and lots of horses here. Lots of horses. we we'll print that out and
7: have it handy and you'll be smart as we are.
1: You know, it would probably take a ream of paper to print this thing out. Well, that's it's probably five or six, maybe seven pages. That's pretty big, and it's only page one.
7: And it's colored. And also that, that website has other information on there. You can look up um, uh, sidekicks and things of that nature. Imp- oh, cool.
1: Nature. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready but, with the show?
7: Oh, I'm ready. We, we, I wasn't rushing you. I just wanted to get those in before the uh, topic
1: got cold. Well, we're, we're down to the wire here on time, so did we lose
2: Walden? Nope. I was listening to the horse talk.
1: The horse talk. Okay, well, now now we have to talk show talk.
2: Ah, uh, yes.
1: Is it time for a show?
2: We can take a break. I'm ready if you are.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right. I am ready. It is 5.30. We get to say goodnight to everybody. Mm Good night, everybody. um, Walden is not playing a show tonight. Nolan is playing a show tonight. And it is the one with Fibber teaching Molly how to drive, which is really cool because you dragged it out because it fit our theme for tonight, which was cars. That's right. That is so cool. Now, I remember hearing this show, but I don't remember anything about the show. I, did you listen to it before?
7: No, I just spot-checked it. I haven't uh, heard it all the way through either. I, I only got it a few days ago.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, I have heard this one, but it's been a long time, so it will be a surprise for me as well. So we're all going to say goodnight to everybody. Happy Easter. Have a wonderful day, a safe week, and we will be back in our saddles again next week. Good night,
2: Walden. Good night, Patricia.
7: Well, then the only question I have is, when the show ends, what do I do?
2: You can hang in there, and I'll come back, and um, I'll put in the uh, put in the uh, film music, and I'll say goodnight to you. Okay. And let you go. That's fine. All right. Here
7: we go. Here we go.
2: Thanks for doing this.
7: Oh, you're welcome. I hope it plays well.
1: It will. Have a great night, and happy Easter. Thank you. You too.
2: Walden? Uh-huh. I'm here on standby. Uh, please stand by. Um, this Touch day USA? We're playing from the uh, for the wing of the uh, of the network.
1: That's right. Both
2: well, of us are on in
1: Florida. Uh-huh. uh-huh.
2: You're outnumbered tonight. I know. Two to one. Got it. I think we start from the top of the show. I think no one got it going. Well, it didn't. It. Almost made it. Tell me for some reason.
1: All right, well, while he's doing that, I'm going to ask you a question. Who, me? Yeah, I'm going to give you three fruits, since you're a fruit person. Yes. Which one has more calories, a cup of cantaloupe, watermelon, or cranberries? Which has the most calories? My
2: guess would be cantaloupe. How did you know that? Just a guess. You gave me one out of three. She was Okay, what's number two? Uh, and our cranberries. The cranberry would be...
1: I take right. And there isn't even that much difference. I would have picked watermelon first. A cup of cantaloupe is 60. Watermelon is 40 to 50. And cranberries, 51. Yeah. How you ever get 51 calories for a cup of cranberries, I do not know. That's I think. A- Are we ready? I
7: think we got it like this time.
10: Okay. <laughs> oh,
0: no. Okay. Here
7: we go. Hey.
10: Good night, everybody. Johnson Wax program with Silver McGee and Molly. Thank you for
3: Johnston Wax. the home industry
10: present Silver McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Fred Leslie, with music by Billy Mills Orchestra. you give him a friendly smile and a handclasp. Have you ever stopped to think that a friend's first glimpse of your home is like that first friendly smile? That's why colorful linoleum, kept beautifully polished with Johnson's Glow Coat, is so appropriate in your front entrance hall or outside vestibule. With Glow Coat, you can keep all your linoleum surfaces glistening with a minimum of work. From the letters of praise that I see myself, I know that Glow Coat has outstanding popularity the world over recommended by linoleum manufacturers themselves and used in millions of homes with supreme satisfaction. Glowcoat needs no rubbing or buffing. Takes practically no work from you. Simply apply and let dry. Then come back in 20 minutes to find your floors smiling at you. Regular care with Johnson's self-polishing glowcoat adds greatly to the life of your linoleum. Use it on your asphalt or rubber tile and finished wood floors, too. Well, the people at 79 Whistle Vista bought a car a few weeks ago, and it's just been delivered. And the master is at this moment offering to tutor the little woman for her degree of FSD, front seat driver. As we meet, Sibber
4: McGee and Molly. Now then, before you start actually learning to drive, Mrs. McGee, there are certain things you gotta know, elementary things. Like traffic regulations, driving courtesy, rules of the road, and all stuff like that there. All right, dearie. Good. (laughs) Now, suppose you were in the left-hand lane and you wanted to turn right. What would you do?
11: Put both hands on the right-hand side of the steering wheel and yank down. No,
4: no. You can't make a right-hand turn from a left-hand lane. It's unregal. Oh, McGee,
11: it's that new lady next door. Come in. (laughs) Good day. Have you done any boxing, Mr. McGee? Oh, I've shuffled around a bit, sis. <laughs> Nothing professional. Why? Well, my cousin, Punchy McCarthy the prize fighter, is looking for a sparring partner. He has a big fight coming up next month. What <laughs> oh, heavenly days, Mr. McCarthy is 60 pounds heavier and 10 inches taller than my husband. It'd be murder. Yes, we're trying to build up his confidence. Think <laughs> it over, will you, Mr. McGee? We pay $2 a round and your insurance premiums.
4: Well... That's the best offer I've had since 1918, when they offered me 30 bucks a month to fight the German army.
11: I wonder if he's his manager. I
4: don't know, but he can use one. (laughs) All McClatchy's brains are in his knuckles. That round thing up there between his shoulders is just to keep his ears from chafing each other.
11: (laughs) That guy has spent more time on the canvas than Mona Lisa. (laughs) He's so dumb. Never mind huh? him. Let's get to my driving lesson. Oh, okay. Now, uh, how about signals, dearie? Uh, when do I put my hand out for box?
4: <laughs> Look, Tutty. You're a woman. Thank you. And after I teach you to drive, you'll be a woman driver. Yes. And women drivers aren't supposed to know about signals. <laughs> It ain't expected of them. When a woman driver sticks out her hand, it's because A, she wonders if it's raining, B, she's got a new diamond ring, or C, her nail polish is still wet.
11: Now, just a minute, McGee. I've known some pretty good women drivers. There isn't a man in Whistler Vista who drives as carefully as Mrs. Carter. Carske? Why, certainly. I rode down with her yesterday, and she stayed right in the safety zones all the way.
3: <laughs>
4: May take a little longer than i planned. Now look, the first thing you do when you get in those car. Come
11: in. Oh, hello, Doctor Gamble. Hello, Molly.
4: And good day to you, Moose Jaw. <laughs> Am
11: I interrupting a family tete tete or something? No, I'm uh, just starting to teach me to drive, Doctor.
4: Yeah, we're starting from scratch, Al Smith. <laughs> If you'll take a look at our offenders at the end of the week, you'll see what I mean. I am very sorry to hear about this, my friends. Although you will probably be interesting case histories for my book.
11: Heavenly days, doctor. Are you writing a book?
4: Yeah, yeah. He's writing a book entitled How to Remove Tonsils or I'd Cut Your Throat for a Hundred Bucks. <laughs> No, I am preparing a semi-scientific work on the effect of the internal combustion engine on the human race. How the automobile has changed our lives from the standpoint of health.
11: Yes, it's been a wonderful thing, hasn't it? Gets the doctors to their patients so much faster.
4: (laughs) That is a minor point, my dear. The human body, such as it is, was designed to function best when man walked on all fours with the internal organs suspended from the spinal column. Then man started walking upright because, I suppose, he found he could get into telephone booths better that way. Ah, nah. He quit walking on all fours, Doc, because stuff kept falling out of his coat pocket. That's an interesting theory, Mouseface. face. Mm. Anyway, no sooner had men learned to walk upright than some practical joker invented the automobile. Yes. And now, any person who takes a long walk in the woods is considered a tramp, an eccentric, or just plain stupid.
11: Hmm. When did you take your last walk in the woods, Doctor?
4: Yesterday
10: afternoon. My car broke down. And I had a hike four miles to a filling station. It was horrible.
4: Yeah. I'm afraid you're just a horse and buggy, doctor, at heart. And you could sell the buggy and just be a horse doctor.
3: <laughs>
10: Splendid idea. I'll start carrying a revolver in case you break your leg. <laughs>
11: goodness sake. <laughs> McGee, if you're going to teach me to drive today, you better get with it. Yeah,
4: I'll say so. I will if this gabby old dreamer will go away. You mean, my dear, that you're actually entrusting life and limb, if you'll pardon the expression, <laughs> to this red-footed linthead?
11: Say, he's a good driver, Doctor. Back in Peoria, he always used to take me for
4: rides. No, I'll say. Every moonlight night, people would see us go whizzing by and say, Well, there goes little Molly Driscoll and her favorite swine. <laughs>
11: Swains.
4: I do? I thought a swane was one of them long-necked birds that swim in the pond at the park. That, my ignorant little Audubon, is a swan. Why, certainly.
11: Oh, yeah, don't give me that
4: stuff, kids. A swan is a Hindu fortune teller. You're thinking of a swami.
3: Is
11: he really, doctor? You know, I always thought a swami was kind of an Italian sausage. That is
10: salami, and as far as you two fugitives from Guppy's Third Reader are concerned,
4: Noah Webster lived in vain.
11: Well, if you're so smart, what did I say wrong in the beginning? You said swine when you meant swain. And a swine is a hog, and a hog on the
4: road is a road hog, and accept my apologies. You were right in the first place. (laughs) Dr. Gamble, you have insulted me under my own roof. (laughs) Take your hat, sir, and go. I wasn't wearing a hat. Where I want to mine. Where is it? Right here in the hall closet. No!
11: To teach me to drive. Ah, Pata, uh, I'm a born teacher. You know that. Yeah. I remember you almost made a Finnish swimmer out of Uncle Dennis in one lesson. Oh, you shoved him off the dock and he went down like a bucket of beer at a political picnic. Well, you can't teach a guy to
4: swim when he's got the hiccups. Every time he for the dock, he'd hiccup and shoot himself back five feet. <laughs> hey, that reminds me, did I
11: fill the car with gas? <laughs> Why well, do you went down to the filling station this morning? Well, I hope it runs
4: okay. That cheap gas ain't much good. Well then why do you buy it? it don't cost as much. huh <laughs> Besides, you don't usually have much of the high test stuff. <laughs> you know what he says when I ask him how the good gas
11: was holding out? What did he say? she asked, jabbing the parson slyly in the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> he says he can fuel some of the people some of the time and some of the people all the time, but he can't fuel all the
4: people all the time. <laughs> To get it, Molly to play on words. I says fuel instead
11: of fool, and They ain't that, funny, McGee. Oh.
4: <laughs> That's strange. It's one of my standard oil jokes.
3: <laughs> well, throw a wrap
4: over your soft shoulders and dangerous curves, Tutsi. <laughs> I hear the call of the open road.
11: Well, you go get the car started, dearie. I want to run upstairs and get my coat. Okay,
4: Mommy. All right. Now, let me see. What do I need? Roadmaps, driver's license. Identification, in a show like this there's bound to be cop trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's everything. Oh. I see. That's a pretty good-looking bus we got at that. Same as long as Carstairs' limousine, but a heck of a lot higher. <laughs> Besides, it's... Hey!
12: Hey, what are you doing in my car, lady? Oh, <laughs> there's many already, I you. Just me. Oh. Oh, hi, Katie. What are you doing in there? Uh, just playing, mister. Oh. I was pretending I was Joan Crawford, and my chauffeur was driving me to the studio to make a picture with Dan Johnson and Clark Gable, and they were having a fight to see who would kiss me. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and who did this? Albert Walker. <laughs> Clark Gable and
12: Robert Walker, eh? Well, who do you like best? Roy Rogers. <laughs> you kind of play in the field, aren't you, sis? Well, mister, when one is in the public eye, mm-hmm.
4: one must be romantic.
12: One must all... Hey, mister, you think I'm a good type movie, hmm, do you, hmm?
4: Yes, I do, sis. Hmm. Honest,
12: mister, mm-hmm. how do I do, I How do I get in the movies? Oh, well,
4: you mean you want to be an actress?
12: Yeah, I want to have a lot of pretty clothes and have old thin eyebrows and be a pinup girl. And when the war's over, I'll travel all
4: over. Hey, 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 hey. When the what?
12: When the war's over, I'll travel all over. Hey, hey, where you been, sis? <laughs> the war is over.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
12: you tried to get a hotel reservation, right? lately, <laughs> <laughs> mister? <laughs> oh no, but gee whiz. And, and when the war's over, I'll travel all over Europe and Indiana and take a tour at the Waterhouse Show
4: we Hmm? You'll take a suite. Okay, right,
12: Roger. Right, right. <laughs>
4: now look this, I, I don't like to be a barnacle on your dream boat, but I got to use this car, you see. Would you mind climbing out of there? Where are
12: you going, mister? Where are you going? I, I got nothing to do. I'll go with you, Richard. Well, you
4: sure you can if you want to. I'm just taking my wife out for a driving lesson. What?
12: Yeah. <laughs> I said I was just going to take my wife out for a
4: driving lesson.
12: Oh, right. boy, That's all, brother. Let me out of here. <laughs> that silly
10: kids.
4: They dreaming about getting into the movies. Hey, that reminds me, that casting director 20th Century Fox never did mail my photographs back. <laughs> they turned postage on them, too. What I are one.
11: you talking to, McGee? Uh,
4: oh! <laughs> Myself, I think. <laughs> A little girl from across the street. You ready for your
11: first driving lesson, kiddo? I am.
4: Okay, get in. Ah, now then, the first thing you do is insert the key in the ignition.
11: Well, that doesn't seem very complicated.
4: And you step on the starter, see, like
11: this. Ah. You now, what do you suppose... Well, uh, now, when I rode with Dr. Gamble last time, huh? he turned the key in the ignition. Huh?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's
4: very clever of you, my dear. I just want to see if you're paying attention. And certainly we turn the key like this. Then we step on the starter. What's wrong? We're not moving.
3: I haven't put it in gear yet.
4: You see this lever here? Yes. Yeah. That's the gear shift. Yes. Yeah. Here's low, here's second, and here's high. High. This is reverse up here. When it wobbles like this, it's in neutral.
11: Well, let's drive with it in neutral for a while and I get used to it then. You can't drive
4: a car with the gears
11: in neutral. Well, then what do they have a neutral gear for? That's for when you're not driving. That's ridiculous to put a gear on a car use to use when you're not driving. It ain't to use when you're not driving. It's the- Look, when it's in neutral, it's not in... Ge- when you put the car in...
4: You can learn all that stuff later. <laughs> now watch that. We're ready to go. I put it in reverse, like this, just ease it in gently, That
11: yeah. <laughs> wrestled it. Aren't you supposed to do something with the clutch or something first? Ah, now you're catching on. You're absolutely
4: right. <laughs> Depress the clutch pedal. Put the gear shift lever in reverse. Release the clutch slowly while accelerating slightly, and we back gently out of the driveway.
11: Hmm. Did you look to see if there were any cars coming? No,
4: there's never any traffic on this street during this time. Hey! Ooh! Hey, where are you
11: going? play. Hey! Now, look here, bud.
4: You had plenty of time to see me backing out of my own driveway. It's local drivers like you that call. Calm yourself, pal, calm yourself. There's no damage done. Seventy days, it's Mr. Wilcox. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Junior, Whizzing through a residential neighborhood like that. You were doing at least 45, for sure reckless driving. Ah, uh, excuse me, pal. I've been parked at
10: the curb here for 45 minutes. and <laughs> are making out some sales reports. Feel my
4: radiator, stone cold.
11: My goodness, he's right, McGee. Huh? It's as cold as a penguin's pinky. <laughs>
4: well, he could have honked his horn, couldn't he? <laughs>
3: Sitting
4: there in his car, paying no attention whatsoever to passing traffic. That's the kind of negligence that causes accidents, Junior. Let me see your driver's license. Okay, here. Read that. Johnson's car new cleans and polishes your car in one simple application. Just apply and let dry, then wipe it off with a soft cloth and... Hey, this isn't a driver's license. (laughs) Well, no, that's what you might call a car owner's license
10: because a man who takes pride in the appearance of his car is quite likely to keep it in good mechanical condition, too. Yeah, but what that got to do with... Did you ever hear of Statute <laughs> 75, Paragraph 7, page
3: 12
10: in the old books? No. What statute is that, Mr. Wilcox? It states definitely that the operator of a motor vehicle which is ipso facto protected from road grind, dampness, and dust with Johnson's car new is, fair say, under the law, assumed to be a person of responsibility and intelligence and is to be given the benefit of doubt in all controversy. Ooh, and that's me, pal. Look at that beautiful showroom shine on my car. That's because, car and you all...
11: How long has that statute been in effect, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, it isn't in effect yet, Molly. I'm trying to get it through
4: the city council right now. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, your car ain't hurt, if so. <laughs> Who's going to pay for my gender tender?
11: You are, a facto.
4: Okay, Percy. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to have everything clear. Oh, come on, Molly, get in. <laughs> see you later, Mr. Wilcox. Okay, Molly. Uh, going for a little spin, pal? I'm teaching Molly how to drive, Junior. Wanna come along just for that?
10: <laughs> <laughs> Look, pal. You see how my hand shakes? See how my face twitches? Have you noticed I have a slight limp? Yeah, what's the matter with you? I taught my wife to drive six months ago. <laughs> I never got over it. How'd you hurt your foot? I kept sticking it through the floorboard and burning it on the engine. <laughs> see you later, pal. Uh, yeah.
4: boy, that boy. Poor Junior. I'd be nervous, too, with a man from the finance company in the back seat. <laughs> Shall we go, Molly? Yes, let's. Let's. I'll just drive around the quiet streets first, Molly. We can try out in downtown traffic later on. Now about emergencies. What would you do if a big 10-ton truck should shoot out in front of you?
11: Scream and scrounge down on the floor. No, no, no. I mean if you were driving. Oh, scream and jump over into the back seat. <laughs> well, we'll take that
4: up later. Now when I...
11: McGee. hey. hey. Listen. I hear
4: a siren. Yeah. Must be a fire someplace.
11: Let's go see the Huh? Ah,
4: let's go see. Ah,
11: where's the siren? Up ahead? I can't tell. Listen now. No? It's off to the left there, isn't it? No, I think it's over to the right. But we don't find it. I haven't chased a fire engine in years. Hang on, baby. Here we go. Here we go. You dropped
12: some cigar ashes, on you. Must be getting closer, Molly. That cigar on the cloud
3: is... Meeple Street, dearie. There hasn't been a... This is
2: yesterday, USA. We're listening to Fibber, Mickey, and Molly.
3: By the, uh, and well, yes. I
4: was the car cut there. Was there. <laughs> <laughs> I well, can you explain?
5: knocking over a small banana truck at Elm and Foster?
11: My goodness, I wish I'd have seen that. We need some bananas.
10: You have some, lady. You have about $35 worth. they little tools, but they're all yours. Now, just a darn minute, officer. For a driver's license, please. Here.
11: Yeah. It's a little ragged, but my goodness, he's had it for 13 years.
10: What of it? He's only missed for renewals. Uh, let me see your draft registration
4: card, please.
3: Oh, flattery. No,
4: ma'am. O'Reilly. <laughs> Mr. McGee, what's your business? Oh my gosh, for 12 years, I've been afraid somebody would ask me that. Never mind, you'll probably have to close it up for about 90 days anyway. Huh? Uh, here you are.
10: This summons is to be
4: presented in traffic court not later than 9 a.m. Tuesday, November 27th. Huh? And it's been grand meeting you both.
11: Good day. Hey, Molly. You know what? No, what? I
4: forgot to find out where the fire was. <laughs> well, I must
11: say, dearie, that there's a lesson in driving. Is... Oh, there's Mayor Latrivia. Yeah, Mr. Mayor. Oh, hi, Latrivia. You're just the guy I wanted to see. Hello, oh, Mike. Hello, McGee. What's the matter? Uh, yeah. McGee just got a citation you're on. Yeah. yeah.
10: Congratulations, McGee. You certainly waited
4: long enough for it. Uh, what's it for? The Bible of Shadow Theory or Bill Woods? <laughs> it ain't an army citation, Trivia. One of your cops just give me it. Here, look at it. Mmm. <laughs> <clears throat> You seem to be charged with everything except fratricide, arson, perjury,
10: and jury tampering. Uh, what do you want me to do about this, McGee?
4: I want
11: you to fire that cop. I want him transferred so far out in the sticks he'll have to trap muskrats to keep busy.
10: <laughs> what did he do? He gave it a summons. That's what he did. Well, was he rude about it? He was so darn polite he made
4: my blood boil. <laughs> Don't he
11: know how to act like a cop? Don't he ever go to the movies? <laughs>
4: McGee, the officer
10: was perfectly right. I washed my hands at the whole thing.
11: Certainly, Your Honor. Just walk inside and it's to the right at the head of the stairs. Yes.
10: Yeah. When you come know. back? I, you, I want to talk to you about it. I come back from where?
11: Washing your hands. I'm
10: not going to wash my hands, Mrs. Oh,
11: now if you're afraid of soiling our guest
10: house, i I'm not afraid of soiling your towels, Mrs. McGee. I had no intention of washing my hands. Oh, you didn't. Now look here You see. listen to me, McGee. I'm not going to get into one of those wrangles with you. And I am not going to use my office as mayor to humiliate a police officer who is only doing his duty. Some of your infractions may have been overlooked, but speeding through the
11: city streets at 42 miles an hour... Can I help it if my accelerator sticks? Yes, can he help it? Oh, so your accelerator sticks. Yes, it does.
10: Ah, (laughs) a likely story. That has been the
4: guilty Motor's favorite alibi since the automobile was just a loud noise and a bad smell. Oh. Okay, Latrivia, if you don't want to take my word for it, it's...
3: All right, now,
11: let's all in the house and have a slug of tea. <laughs> put the car in the garage, McGee.
4: Oh, I can't. I'm too so nervous.
11: Can't you do it? Good heavens, no. Not after just one left... Uh,
4: I'll put your car away for you, McGee. Is the key in it? Yeah, thanks, Latrivia.
11: But if you don't... Oh,
10: now, don't worry. I know how to drive. Hey, pal.
11: Oh, heavenly day. Why you went right through the back of the garage. Are you hurt, Mr. Mayor? No, 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 I'm alright. And uh, you can turn up that citation, McGee. Your
3: accelerator
11: does
4: stick. Well, what do you know? It's the first time I've ever done that.
10: wax, we're apt sometimes to forget that its first use is to protect and beautify your floors. After all, they get the hardest wear of any part of your home. If a floor isn't beautiful, it's almost impossible to have a lovely, attractive room. On the other hand, a gleaming, richly polished floor sets off your furnishings to their best advantage. So there's every reason to keep all of your floors well-polished and well-protected with genuine Johnson's Wax. Actually, they take on greater beauty with every waxing. The film of Johnson's wax seals the pores of the wood against dirt and moisture, protects the finish itself, and thus saves costly refinishing. Now, you needn't re-wax the entire floor. You can touch up as often as necessary those areas of extra heavy traffic, such as doorways and the entrance halls. And remember also that a Johnson waxed home is a clean home, and a clean home is more healthful.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, we have all been asked again to buy victory bonds, but we don't know why anybody has to be asked.
11: Because investing three dollars to get four is really a favor to ourselves. Buying security for us and our families and preventing a ruinous inflation would uh, seem to be simple common sense.
4: Of course, if you feel that the care of our wounded and the rehabilitation of our fighting men, the protection of the families of those who lost their lives is important, those are pretty good reasons, too.
11: Yes, it might even be said that the USA holds your IOU. Good night. Good night, Al. This is Carla looking speaking for the makers of
10: Johnson's Black Products, for home and industry, inviting you to be with us again next
4: Tuesday night. Good night.
7: This is YUSA, the Yesterday Radio Network. Oh, air.
2: we made it! Hey, I never heard that show before, no, and i That was a good one.
7: Good, good. I'm glad. How do I sound on this microphone right you, now? You sound good. Okay, I, I worked on it a little bit while it was the show was going on.
2: See, so you're a professional.
7: We can do it again.
2: <laughs> I think we can.
7: All right, I'll. Talk to you later. All right,
2: Nolan. Thanks for everything.
7: You're
2: welcome. Good night. Good night. I know her buddy, Nolan Kinner, here on Yesterday USA. And we're going to get the uh, music up. And we're going to be back with you Easter night. We'll play Meet the Shows. And we'll have a good time. So, let me get the music up. There we go. Show me the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. And this is Yesterday USA. Love you all. It's
9: time to call it a day They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night. It seemed to be right, just be. the party's over
3: it's
9: all over